Hey, and welcome everyone to season four of the Ruin Hammer live show where we uh, talk all things One New Zealand Warriors. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, tonight, we're excited. We're chatting live with not just the Warriors by the season, but arguably be the NRL by the season in Dylan Walker. And we'll also review the Warriors round 21 nail-biting victory over the Raiders a bit later on. Joining me tonight, as usual, is my good mate and co-host, Warrior Roo. Rob, how are you, bud? Turn your mic on. That's better. Oh. <laughs> uh, is that better? You hear That's me better, now? mate. <laughs> I uh, can. Okay. <laughs> always technical difficulties when we have a guest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And always a great weekend after a Warriors win. And um, yeah, like it. Yeah. Always goes down well after Friday night's uh, nerve wracking. Yep. Uh, game, but uh, yeah, day nine of my 75 hard challenge, so that's going well, but yeah, it's certainly hard, so um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say that much. Mate, how are you going? How was your week? Yeah, mate, yeah, uh, as you said, it's always good after Warriors uh, victory. Um, I will say yesterday was um, was Dad's 83rd birthday, um, so yeah, it was the first birthday we've we've celebrated since his, his passing, um, so that was a little bit tough. Uh, but, mate, yeah, aside from that, I'm all good. Uh, like I said, really excited about tonight. Um, I just want to say, if, uh, if I invite you, if you haven't already done so, to like and subscribe to the YouTube channel to show your support for the streaming content we, we create. I'd also like to acknowledge our wonderful supporters and subscribers, particularly all of our YouTube subscribers and our awesome Patreon subscribers, whose donations and support enables us to upgrade our visual presentation via StreamYard to bring you the content and the guests you all enjoy so much. A special shout-out to our gold-tier patrons, Alf Tuolave, uh, Malcolm Earnshaw, Chris Wellington, Ken Wills and Nigel Phillips. Uh, we thank you guys so much for your continued support and for upgrading your Patreon from the bronze tier to the gold. Uh, we thank you and we appreciate uh, your ongoing support so much. Mate, let's get into tonight's presentation. Yeah, mate, I'm excited. Uh, it's a return to our head-to-head -head series for 2023. Uh, before we bring him in, just a reminder, everyone that's tuned in tonight, the reason we do the show live is to get the involvement of all you guys watching. So please, as we move through the comments and discussion points, Join in, uh, leave your comments and discussions. Please be aware that we do have um, current and ex-players and their families that watch webcasts. So please um, keep your comments respectful and refrain from making them personal. And uh, why don't you introduce our special guest while I add him to the feed? I'd love to, mate. Tonight's guest has recently surpassed his 200th NRL game, having played 202 NRL games over 11 seasons with the Rabbits, Sea Eagles, and now with our One New Zealand Warriors. He's represented New South Wales in State of Origin, Australia in Tests, and the New Zealand Mouldy in the All-Stars. Please welcome Warrior 278, Dylan Walker. Hey, Dylan, how are you, brother? Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me on. Going good, mate. Going good. That's yeah, good. awesome. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, to, to kick things off, we'll go all the way back to the start of your rugby league journey. Uh, yeah, yeah. You were a South Sydney junior. Um, can you tell us where you grew up and uh, who you played your junior footy with? Yeah, also, mate, going back a while now, <clears throat> I grew up in uh, Botany, uh, Botany Bay area. Uh, played my junior football for Mascot Jets. And um, funny enough, that's how me and the big fella, Adam Fanua Blake, met. We, um, I, I yeah. first started when I was eight years old or seven years old and um yeah no, he, he was a little he was a little kid back then but um yeah that's that's where it started and yeah that's where the journey began that's some great players have come out of that club that's for sure but you graduated from from park footy to the rabbitos nyc team in 2012 
How did you how did you find that step up from park footy to uh, the national youth competition? Um, yeah, it was um, yeah, yeah. You're obviously playing against you know guys uh, that are aspiring to be NRL players. Um, you know, yeah, their talents a lot uh, a lot better. Uh, but in saying that, there was there was a lot there was lots. I was playing school football, park footy, um, and then in the SG ball stages. So. Uh, the step up to the twenties, it was it was a bit of a, it was pretty it was pretty smooth to be honest, because my my school coach was also the twenties coach at the time, and oh, you know, okay. he brought yeah, so he brought me in um, bits and pieces um, throughout the year when I when I had the chance, and you know got to you know meet a lot of the boys in that team, and you know there's a few there's a few good ones in that South Sydney team back in 2012 uh, with like Luke Keary, Appy Coruscant, um yeah, just to name a few. Yeah. Yeah, in 2012, uh, 2012 yeah, uh, you were selected in the Australian schoolboys team along with a lot of current uh, NRL stars, namely Mitch Moses, Matt Lodge, um, Clint Gutherson, Luke Brooks, Alex Johnson, and Jai Arrow, just to name a few. Um, yeah. Can you tell us about that experience there? Yeah, that was um, that was pretty cool, man. That 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 um, Aussie schoolboys team was uh, is obviously. Um, pretty stacked. Uh, there was lots of talent getting around, and um, Luke Brooks and Mitch Moses were the halves. We had Gutho; he he was one of the centers. Uh, Alex Johnson, the fullback, um, and then there's there's a whole bunch of boys that you know have moved on in their careers and uh, either gone to Super League or just um, gone a different route. And mate, pretty special, you know, to be a part of that team and just a, a huge honor it was. I think you talk to any school kid. Um, you know, playing rugby league, all they wanted to do was get picked for the Australian schoolboys. It, it, at that time, it felt like it was the um, the pinnacle um, of, you know, school, or well, it is the pinnacle of school football, but it sort of just, it kept you on the right path and made you, you know, really appreciate that honour to go play for the schoolboys and then, you know, uh, graduate to the NRL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the NRL, in 2023, uh, 20. Uh, 13, you get your first taste of NRL footy in that charity shield match, but your actual NRL debut comes in the round 10 victory against the West Tigers. How yeah. early or late in the week were you told that you're making your debut? And what are your memories of that debut game? Yeah, man, that was, um, that was a crazy time to be honest. Hey, it was, uh, I, I was supposed to play in one of the preseason trial matches with all the young guys and, you know, a lot of teams do it now and it was, yep. it was supposed to be against PNG, but, and, you know, I broke my hand over the Christmas break uh, back in South Sydney, and uh, <clears throat> just after the Christmas break, so I missed that trial, and then we we had a trial against Newcastle and Michael Maguire at the time. Um, he, he just said, "Look, I want I want to play you in that, and just so you get the feel of it." And then, you know, it seemed it went okay, and then he picked me in the Charity Shield, and then went alright in that game too. And then um, I think just before the round one, he, he was umming and ahhing at the time, and he, he gave me a sit down. Um, at Erskineville Oval in Alexandria, and he yep. said that um, he just wanted me to go back, play the twenties, um, you know, go back and dominate that that um, you know that competition, and then see where it went from there. And then um, three weeks into the NYC competition, went up to play in the um, New South Wales Cup uh, side, um, and then yeah, just played a few games there. Went went alright, and then we. I think it was Andrew Everingham. He had, they played the Cowboys one week and he shoulder charged Matt Bowen. And then um, <laughs> you know it was 
And then he, he got suspended for a week and then yeah, he pulled me into the office the next morning and said, look, um, I want to debut you this week. And he was showing me clips over the week and what I played. And he goes, you reckon you can get time off at work? And I said, yeah, no doubt. Like, <laughs> 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 of course I can, mate. Of course I can. Because yeah. you know, that's that's all I wanted to do. And it was I was just working at the time and going training full-time when I could. And it was just crazy because I was going into every game uh, that year to just to get a spot in the first grade's um, side and just train full-time. And, it, yep. it, like, back then it had top 30, but you could pick people out of the, outside the top 30 yep. and you just had to pay them. And, mate, I went from, like, I think it was, like, $450 a, a month on my um, 20s contract to, you know, get match payments. And that was pretty handy, man. That was pretty handy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, awesome. Um, following your debut, you become a regular in the first grade squad and you played 14 of the remaining 15 games leading up to the finals. Um, that must have been an exciting time for you, especially with the success that Souths were having uh, heading towards finals footy. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I sort of, I always had that goal of mine when I was younger. I was like, oh, imagine if you could play or debut in um, first grade of being an 18-year-old, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I, I honestly didn't think it was uh, a liable option, you know, going into, you know, the preseason um, that year because I was only supposed to train up till Christmas um, and then go back down to the under-20s. Um, yeah, Madge obviously liked what he saw and then he invited me back after Christmas and then, you know, going through the, the preseason trial games and everything like that, he, um, you know, sort of just fast-tracked me to, through the 20s to the cup and then into the first grades um, side. And, you know, I was just – each and every week, I, I just wanted to play as hard as I could to make myself feel like I belonged in that arena. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to play um, every game bar the one through a bit of uh, injury at the time. And, you know, I, I look back on my career now and reflect on it. It's, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of what I've done. And, you know, I've never had the – opportunity to you know go back down to you know reserve grade or anything like that i've always mm. tried to stay consistent and be yep. competitive where i can be and um you know and it's just i think i can hang my hat on and say that i'm very proud of that that sort of achievement yeah, yeah you went really well really well that first year you scored eight tries in that debut season six in your first eight games but do you remember yeah, yeah. your first nrl try yeah, I do. That's that's when I used to score a lot of tries back then. Now I hardly get, <laughs> hardly get over these days. Um, yeah, I, I do. It was Bryson Goodwin. He 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 made a break off tackle two or three, and then um, I sort of I had some fresh wheels back then. I, I was greased nicely. Um, the hips are a lot looser, so um, I, I backed him up, and um, he beat the fullback, who I think might have been James Tedesco, and then. Um, yeah, he just gave it to me and yeah, I streaked away. And yeah, mate, what, what a feeling on debut, scoring a try. Um, all my friends and family were there, so mate, it was, um, yeah, it was, it's a good story to tell, I reckon, when I, when I get a little bit older. Yeah, actually, yeah, mate, you, you did have a fresh set of wheels back then because you, I was always putting you in my multis back then, not so much <laughs> back then, yeah. It's still clear for me with the multis, I'm, I'm, I'm horrendous now, mate. <laughs> Mate, uh, in 20, 2013, you experienced finals footy uh, yeah. in 
the win against the Storm and a loss to Manly. They say finals footy is a little bit different to regular NRL. How did you yeah. find it? Yeah, mate, it's when it gets to that September time, it's it's completely different game. It's it's all about what I was saying, oh, like just like our game against Canberra, where you know those dying minutes, teams are going to come at you like that constant with that yep. amount of pressure with the ball. Um, but in those, it's not so much the attack that sort of separates the the teams in the finals. It's more about defence and rocking up with the attitude yeah. where you're going to stop and then turn up for your mate. Right? Like a classic example is, you know, Dalland, um saving the try on Sebastian Christian, Sebastian yep. Christian um, on the weekend. And those moments, are, they're just as important as scoring tries and saving them. And, you know, those are the moments that you get into the finals football. And I, I was lucky enough to experience it pretty early on my career through it. Is those are the mo- that, those are the plays that win you those games? And yep. um, yeah, you know, experienced that firsthand against um, in my first year. We played Melbourne Storm, and we defended the ass off all that game. And you know, we got the cookies, got a week off, and then we're coming up against Manly, where probably renowned for just being a football side. Yep. Um, they, they had great players, people that have done it, and that's exactly what happened to us in that game where we went up, I think, 12 nil or 14 nil in the first 20 minutes, sort of cruising along. And then they scored a try just before half time, And then they come out in the second half and just blew us off the park. They just yeah. played football. They, mm-hmm. they stopped tries. They kept, um, you know, most of our star players like Greg Inglis, uh, Sammy Burgess quiet that year. So, um, yeah, no, it was a good learning curve for the whole squad. Um, for me personally, it was, it was unreal. Uh, I was I was sort of sitting there. I was like, "Don't worry, we'll be back here next year." It was a bit naive, uh, being nineteen. I just turned nineteen or eighteen at the time, and um, you know, it was just fortunate enough that we come back the next year and you know got the job done. Mm. Your second year in first grade was pretty handy as well. Um, yeah, you cemented <laughs> your first grade spot. You played twenty four games, and you're part of a historic year for South Sydney. Um, We'll talk about the grand final in a minute, but tell us first what it was like for that season for you personally and um, leading up to the grand final. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I think I went into that preseason uh, knowing that I was a first grader and Madge at the time, he was pretty adamant. Of it. He was, he was feeding my ego uh, nicely. He was like, mate, you're a first grader. You could be something special for this club and, and made me feel like, you know, I was going to become something big. So I think heading into that preseason, uh, worked my backside off again. Um, and then, you know, started off the round one. I played three games at 5-8. Uh, we won one, lost two. Wasn't going too crash hot. And then when I got moved back to centre, um, things started to come really nicely. I, I, you know, started playing really good football. Um, I remember just speaking to a a lot of the old guys, the older boys at the time, and, you know, they always just tell me back myself and, you know, that don't think about anything else than, rather, um, other than the play at hand. And, you know, it really helped my game at that stage a lot where, you know, I just had no fear back then. I was, mate, I, I think there was a there was a game against Cowboys in round 20 or something like that. Um, I was in dummy half uh, near the post, and I've come out of tackle two, kicked it for the winger, for Lottie Takiri. Um, <laughs> I, I, I end up getting sprayed for it in, in video, um, saying, like, when the fuck do we do this at training? So, uh, yeah, um, you yeah, know, and it, it makes sense. It sort of, 
because back then he sort of just used me as a bit of a roaming center at the time. Um, if, yep. he, if you know, if you see any games back then, you know, I was popping up on the left um, quite a bit. I was at the back of sweep plays um, yep. and using Greggy, Greggy as a decoy on the inside. So, um, you know, that that you really helped my game. Um, you know, into the career that I've uh, sort of laid out today. Mm. The, the grand the grand final win. Tell us about the week leading up to it. So like Isaac Luke's suspension, and then the game yep. day, and then like the whole experience of of winning an NRL grand final. It was uh, no doubt an epic celebration because it was a twenty one year drought. For the yeah, South yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, was it twenty? I think it might have been forty three. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, 43, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. 21st Premiership. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got the numbers numbers around. That was the 21st Premiership, though, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, 21st, I think, the most in the NRL. It was a a big deal. Um, I I felt like because we played the Roosters in that semi-final just before the GF, and I'm not saying that felt like that was the GF, but because, um, you know, with everyone in that side, I'll – I was personally there in that same spot two years in a row. A few boys were there for three years in a row, uh, and Roosters at the at that stage they had the gun they had the gun side. They had you know, I think out of the seventeen players they had, I think two of them didn't play, they weren't a representative player. Um, they had like Sonny Bill, Roger, two of us, Sheik, Boyd Cordner, uh, Mitchell Pearce, James Maloney. Like the list goes. Yeah. They had a, they had a crazy side, and um, yeah. So when we beat the Roosters that game. It was like a big relief off everyone's shoulders, and um, you know, a few of us laughed at it at this day. That was the real GF because uh, it was always supposed to be Rooster House. Um, and then, no disrespect to the Bulldogs or who was on the other side, but um, you know, we we got all that confidence and knowing that we were going to win the GF, knowing that we beat the Roosters in the prelim, and um, you know, that week leading up to the actual game day, it's a it's a crazy week, man, and it's. Um, you, you got back then. There was lots of obligations, like you had to go to the footy show, get uh, be around media all day, go to the grand final, lunch on. Um, I, I know they still do it now, but yeah, it was just crazy. We had two two training sessions. One training session was an open training session for all the the fans. Yeah, um, and we we're at we we're at Redfern at the time, and I think there was like six thousand people rocked up for the training session, and mate, it was it was going absolutely nuts, and it was. It was a cool week to be a part of and, you know, winning it and uh, the way we, we won it sort of just reflected all the hard work that we've, uh, you know, we did over the course of the year. And, mate, don't worry, we celebrated hard. <laughs> celebrated very hard. No doubt. I was, I was at that, that grand final because the Warriors played the Broncos in the in the 20s grand final before that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, was, yeah. It, was that Jazz Tavanga? Was, was he playing yes. in that side? Yes. Yes. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was. That was um. Sol- I think Solomon Akata scored three tries for the Warriors, and and Cody Nicarima or Jaden Nicarima, one of the Nicarima boys. Yeah. yeah, scored three yeah. for the Broncos. The Warriors were leading like thirty to six and got. I think they only won by two points. It was yeah, thirty-four, thirty-two. Yeah. I just remember it was, it was about forty degrees. It was so hot. Um, yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah. But. Uh, Mate, your your form was so good that year that you're selected for the Kangaroos for the Four Nations uh, and play yep. all four games in the centres. Tell us about that experience representing your country. That must have been epic. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I think yeah, you 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 always wanted to you know get into the rep arenas in football, um, but yeah, to be 
completely honest. I um I took it for granted uh quite a bit to be honest. So I was um I was uh you know just finishing the GF, got to party that week, and at that stage I was just all my all my best mates from school um, and who I grew up playing football. Um, they had a trip booked to go to Thailand, and I I just basically like I want I, I went to the Kangaroos tour and wanted to do that, but I remember deep down in my uh, deep down I just wanted to go out and party and I wanted to be out with my mates. So I was a bit I was a bit over football at the time. And yep. Um, you know, I, 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 I can sit here and say it now that I definitely took it for granted. Didn't really, um, you know, go 100% at the time of that of that series. And my head just wasn't quite in it. And I think that's the, the difference of being a, you know, a good footy player to a professional athlete where I just wasn't professional enough at that stage. I just turned 20. Um, you know, I, I wanted to party, go with all my mates. I just wanted to do what, um, you know, you know, essentially, you know, boys do. You just yep. want to go out and do yeah. all those things. Yep. But, you know, none, uh, nothing to say anything, but, you know, it's it was a great experience. I got to play with, you know, the likes of Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk, Sam Thiday. Um, obviously played a lot of football with GI. It's uh, just been around, you know, those calibre top players and how yep. they operate is what you definitely, um, you definitely learn off and, Mate, it was, a, it was a great experience for myself. Yeah, would have been. Yeah, 2015 is your final season at South Sydney and you play 22 games with your last game for the club in the qualifying loss to the Sharks. As yeah. a local junior, um, how hard was it for you to make the decision to leave the club? Yeah, it was obviously, it was really hard. It was at the time I, um, you know, at the stage I always thought I was going to be at South Sydney, you know, for my whole career. Um, at that stage and you know I had some trouble off field at that time and then um, there was chatter around Sam Burgess wanted to come back from his union stint <clears throat> I was coming off contract and uh, my name was getting tossed around quite a bit I felt like I was a bit left in the dark or no one was communicating anything quite clear with me and then um, I just made the decision um, for myself is you know I wanted to make the move over to Manly um, I, I still have one more year left at South Sydney, but at, at that at that stage, I um, I was pretty set on wanting to leave and go to uh, Manly and you know test myself, um, you know over there, get out of my yep. comfort zone a little bit. So it was definitely hard. I didn't want to, um, but you know you learn pretty quickly about how things work, and you know you sort of just gotta um, you know make make decisions. Yeah, as you said, you're headed to Manly for the 2016 uh, season. Um, did you relocate to the Northern Beaches as well, or did you continue living um, where you were living and, and commute over to Manly for training and, and what have you? No, yeah. So I, I moved uh, straight over to Manly, moved in with um, Uppy Coruscant. He, he was in our grand final uh, yep. senior team, and he just signed to Manly, and then he had a pad about five minutes down the road from training, so in Narrabeen. And, um you know, being from the eastern suburbs um, around South Sydney area, yeah. you never go to the beaches. Um, and when I first made the drive out there, I thought it was pretty cool, man. You got the beaches right there. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a laid-back um, style. And, um, yeah, I sort of just hit him up saying, mate, I'll pay half the rent. Can I move in? And he said, yeah, it's sweet. It'll help me. So, yeah, we we bumped up for a solid year. And then I ended up buying a, um, a joint over there uh, that year. Oh, nice. 
Mate, yeah. uh, your form at Manly earns you a call up for the for the Blues uh, for games one and two of State of Origin that year. What was that experience like playing Origin footy? Yeah, Origin footy. I think it's um, as a player. I think I think for me uh, personally, I I grew up in a, a household uh, with my mum, and then I always had to I always come back over here. Uh, in NZ and my old man was living in Masterton at the time and oh, okay. um, yeah so I always used to come back here and all, all I ever wanted to do was play for uh, you know New Zealand do the hucker yep. I, I used to be one of those kids put the pillow under, put the pillow underneath <laughs> the shirt I think you got the big got the big six pack and the big chest and um, busting out the huckers um, and then yeah I moved on and then you know I think growing up in Oz quite a bit and you know just staying there throughout all my teens and playing all my football origin is just the it's the main it's the main game everyone wants to play it everyone wants to um test themselves there and then 2016 lucky lucky enough that i was um selected to um you know play i i, I don't i didn't feel like i it was warranted at the time because i wasn't playing good football but i um you know i tried to take it with both hands and then um you know the first one's probably the one that where I, i'd like to forget um and then in the second game, got to start at centre, marking up against a good mate, GI. And, GI. Um, yeah. yeah, it was a good experience. It was um, I didn't, I, th- I felt like I held my, I held my own against him, one of the greats. And you know, I tried, um, but it, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. And um, didn't have a really good series, but you know, I'm proud enough to say that you know I, I've been in that Origin ar- arena and um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. pretty cool. That, yeah. that second game that you, that you came up, you knocked up on GI. That was at Suncorp, wasn't it? Yeah, that was at Suncorp. Yeah. That, that's what's, a, what's, it, what's it like as a Blues player running onto Suncorp Stadium in front oh, of that it's, crowd? It's 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 mad, man. That um, if you ever wanted, if 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 anyone felt like they could thrive in being in that sort of arena again, in up in Suncorp game two against um, Queensland. Mate, it's nuts, man. It's crazy. <laughs> they're, yeah, the adrenaline um, pumping through you. Um, it's, yeah, you, you hear all the barking from the side because it's right there and everyone's just yeah. going nuts at you. And you're just, you're standing there going like, oh, yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. And, <laughs> mate, it's, I reckon, yeah, that's probably one of the, bar the, the grand final, that crowd up there, um, game two, um, Origin, it's yeah, it's something I probably haven't felt um, felt before. Yeah, it's unreal. <laughs> just uh, so, just back to Manly, uh, you played eighteen games in in twenty sixteen there, predominantly at five yeah. eight. Before uh, you moved back to the centres in twenty seventeen, which yeah. out of the two positions do you prefer? Um, I think my game, um, oh, my game sort of evolved. I, I grew up playing five eight, um, and then getting into centre was my first. That's how I got introduced into first grade, yep. and I sort of just grew a home there in centre, and sort of understood uh, the defence side of things. And you know, going back to five eight, that's something that I always wanted to do. When that's why I made the move to go to Manly because Trent Barrett at the time said I want you to play five eight. Um, yeah, and I thought I knew a bit about football, um, and as I've gone throughout my career. And even this year, um, you know, speaking with Webby and how he looks at the game, um, you know, I, I, I like to think that I'm a student of the game and how to understand defense, or like defense systems and attack systems. And it's not so much um, 
you know, playing up to a certain particular plan. But back then in 2016, when I was playing 5'8", uh, I just didn't understand football the way I do now. And it's I think it just led me on a path of sort of steering away from centre a little bit because um, you, you can get really stuck on one side of the field. And yeah. in 2017, I probably had one of my better years um, in 2017. had But um, Baz gave me the, the free reign to sort of roam uh, and do what I needed to. And I think at that stage, I thought, you know what, um, centre's the spot to do it for now. But then over the years at Manly, I've sort of always got thrown back into the 5-8, but I understood, I understood the game plan and football logic a lot more. And yep. hanging out with, Ch- you know, being with David Cherry Evans, who's a, who's a good mate of mine. And, um, you know, we, we we grew closer over the years while I was there. And, mate, just learning off him a little bit, it's just it made me become the player I needed to today, um, I, I, I'd like to say. Because um, when you're in centre, you're, you're taking play two or three carries sometimes and have to do the dirty work. Yeah. You know, I've learned that trade quite early on, and then in the halves, you sort of got to know um, what you're playing to play for a reason, not so much just a hit up. You're playing to play for a reason, and how you're moving the the team around. It's um that sort of made me um, think about the game a, a lot more like that way. And then yep. it's just it's just suited my game to a T now that I get to go in the middle, um, a bit of ruck speed, a bit of leg speed through it. Um, can take a tough carry when when need be and run the ball hard and then also have the ability to move the ball if I see something and, you know, <clears throat> Sean's out the back and we're sort of just feeding it to him or, you know, creating plays within ourselves. And it's just this new this new role that I do now in the middle, um, a bit of a ball playing 13 uh, and then running, ha- having the ability to run on first receiver, it just suits my game um, to a tee. Yeah, we we will get to your warrior stuff, but you're right. And, and, and as fans watching, it, it kind of it's kind of an energy and intensity lift every time you come onto the field. Is that yeah. is that seriously? Is that something that you're conscious of that you're trying to do, like just inspire the team in that in that respect as well? Um, it's probably not so much to inspire the team. It's something that I've just always done as a player. Was especially if I was at centre, I was you know run hard into the defensive line, get a quick play the ball. Um, it's it's I don't have it in the forefront of trying to, you know, inspire the team, but I do I think when I do go out there, there's always um uh, this confidence I've I've had is, you know, be the best player on the field. And yep. whatever it might be, um it's it's not so much of the arrogance, but it's just like the confidence within the uh, the play itself. And for me it's just going out there and it's just like, you know, make make your presence felt known in a way. Yep. Like yep. makes us like shit. Like fuck, he's coming on the field. You gotta watch out for him. Um, it's something that I thrive off, and I love. Um, I love to think like that, and you know, it just correlates uh, well uh, in our team. I think the I think the opposition's actually think fuck, he's coming on every time you come on, mate. Because yeah. yeah, it, it, it is. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intensity level. Um, just going back to, to Manly, you took on the goal kicking role in your early years as Manly as well as a backup to Jamie Lyon and. In 2016, and then you kind of shared the load with Matt Wright in 2017. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 42 from 64, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Oh, were yeah, you a yeah, kicker? Yeah. Were you a kicker in your junior days? Yeah, I was actually. I um, I that's why I sort of got the nod. I was uh, I was behind Adam Reynolds at Sousen. Now I was taking yeah. Adam Reynolds' spot, <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, 
Um, no one's given he's not given that tee up for anybody. Um, yeah, but in 2016 did a bit and was I was kicking quite well in 16 uh, when I, when I had to, and then in 17 when I got the time uh, the job full time at the start of the year, um, it was going all right, and then yeah, I don't know, it just just fell off a little bit. The confidence was shot. <laughs> I was going, I, no, no. So there was a few. There was a few goals. I think the one down in Canberra. Um, yeah. But by the one that I kicked the the game winning field goal, um, the game winning goal, I had two chances before it to you know the game should have never gone into um, overtime. I missed two two easy goals from the same spot, and it, ever since that day, it sort of it rattled me a little bit. Um, <laughs> And then I kicked the one in the overtime, and I sort of just tried to go on with it uh, throughout the uh, the year. And you know, yeah, I just I think after that year, sort of just sat down. It's like, you know what? I'm a good I'm a good backup. I'm not the starter. I'm a good backup. Like if you need me to kick the goal <laughs> uh, with the game on the line, I'm happy to be that guy. But if it's a, a consistent level, yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm a good number two. Let's <laughs> I'm a good well, that, Robin. That's what I was going to ask you. Not being a regular kicker, do you do you feel the nerves when you're lining up a kick, uh, particularly those sideline conversions? And particularly uh, when you're playing uh, away from home, it must be tough with the crowd sledging that goes on as well. No, it was that the, the sideline ones are they're not bad and the sledging I, I can cop the sledging. It's those shit kicks in the middle where you're supposed <laughs> to get and and uh, you know what I mean? Like you're supposed to get them and if you miss it in the like, oh he's shit old kicker. Those are the ones I struggle with because um I like I like the big moment ones, not so much the the ones that just go, Oh, here you go. But yeah, that, that's what I guess, you know, you the good goal kickers do. They yeah, every kick's important as the last. So um, yeah. you know, if it's a if it's kick to win the game yeah, I want it. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take take note, Webby. <laughs> sure. Oh, he, he already he already knows. I've told him like I'm a good number two, and if your game's on the line, yeah, you know, Sean's pretty good at that. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a guy number two. If there's ever if there's ever a spot, <laughs> okay. I'm your guy. I'm your guy. Um, so the back end of your manly career, so 2018 to 2020, you continue to play a lot of 5'8 and centre, but in 21, yeah. that's when your role within the team transitions to that bench utility role. How did yeah, you feel yeah. about the change in position and the role you were going to play at that time? Um, and, and we all know now it's it's a masterstroke from Desi, uh, but at the time, how did you feel about that? Yeah, it's, it's you know what? It wasn't... Desi, he, he he wasn't the one that would come up with the idea. I told him, so I'm, I'm going to have to take credit. Really, for I'm going to have to. Oh, really, gonna take, I'm going to have to take. It wasn't Desi's idea. Oh, he, right, um, my yeah, yeah. He, he um, <laughs> nah. So that year, um, in 2018, I had lots of injuries. 2019, I played centre, but then moved back to five eight, and then we end up going for a good run, beating some big teams, um, uh, and then we end up going to the game just before the prelims. And we should have beat South Sydney, but um, you know we got done through um, the Jackie pullback, and yep, and that was all. We we lost Turbo too, like three weeks before the um, the, the final started, and we ended up playing really good football. Um, and then 2020, another injury season, and then 2021, um, Turbo got injured in the preseason, and he he asked, and I was training centre the whole time that year, and then he said that, um, oh, can you play fullback? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, let's give it a crack. Like, let's, let's have a try. Um, 
and that went horrendous. I was, I was a, I wasn't playing good football. The, our whole team wasn't playing. We lost four in the trot, getting smoked by forty, probably out of three, three out of the four games. And I, I ended up doing my hammy against the Warriors in yeah. Central Coast. Yeah. Um, I got back. Yeah. It was by the chef. I got back and he, he covered my ass back up. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Roger ended up putting my pants back up. And uh, yeah. when, I was, when, I was, yeah, when I was coming back from the injury, um, it was the boys were going real good. Uh, that's when Turbo had that crazy year playing the outstanding footy. And then um, we had Jake Chaboyevich out. And he, he's the ball playing lock there. And yeah. he was injured. And when I first was coming back, he just goes, I'm going to put you on the bench. Uh, and see how the centers go, and then I'll put you back in the centers. I said, No, nah, no, nah, leave it. Like the boys are playing good. I go, Put me on in the middle. And he goes, Nah, I don't know. And this is against Cowboys when, when my first game back. And I go, No, nah, no, nah, put me in the ball playing middle. Like, I go, I think it would work. I go, We don't have Jake there. Put me in the middle. And he said, Oh, we'll see how he goes. And in the last, I think, 15 minutes of that Cowboys game, he sort of got my card and he goes, All right, you're going on in the middle. And then, you know, my first set in the middle. I I think it was a scrum. Made the tackle. Oh, the play went away, and it went Jason Tamalolo, Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess. Three tackles in a row. I've come out to the first of any. Hit three tackles in a row. I'm walking back. They, they've kicked it out. It's like, holy fuck! <laughs> like, what am I doing in here? Um, and then you know the the boys are laughing. We we end up um, dishing them like forty points that night. And. All the boys are laughing in the video. Um, they're going, fuck, how was it? I was like, oh, it's a big wake-up call. And then after the game, it sort of just flowed of how I'd sort of played when I was a younger, um, young guy coming through the junior ranks. And But that was being so ball-dominant, like being first receiver quite a bit when I was younger. Yep. Um, and that's just how that – because I, I, I grew up playing half, like half back in the number seven, and that's how I sort of learned my trade through the junior footies. And then when I come on the field and play the ball, play in middle – I felt real comfortable being at, like getting the first receiver and then giving it out to our hearts. And then after that week, the next few weeks sort of just went along and we had a real good game against Titans and we ended up putting 50 on them. And it was, um, I think it was like 30, 34 points in the second half with the last 20 to go. And Des just goes, mate, I love you in the middle. He goes, let's keep it there. And I said, yeah, like I, I enjoy this. And uh, ever since that day, sort of just, we built off it and, um, you know, when I first got to the Warriors, you know, they wanted me to be as a centre. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't mind that. But I'll go, what I do at Manly, being in the middle, uh, I enjoy that. And then it was Cam George at the time, and he said, he goes, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll work it out, we'll work it out. And then when they signed Webby, he gave me a call a few days later. And he goes, mate, I, wanted, I want you to do exactly what you did at Manly. And I said, done. Okay, that's what I enjoy. I enjoy that part of football. Mm-hmm. Okay. Otherwise, I'll be out in the centres and I just – not a waste, but I just feel like my game's evolved over yep. the years to, to suit that 14 perfectly. Like, if, if need be, and I need to go centre because of an injury or, you know, a half goes down, then I can play half. And, um, you know, I, I I personally think that um, I'm probably the one of the, one of the few 14s um, out there that could fill every single position on the field. Yeah, I think so too. Mate, um, Desi. He comes across a little eccentric, kind of like a bad yeah. scientist. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah, he yeah. really like? What is he really like? Um, no, nah, deep down, in in his heart, he's a, he's he's one of the boys. He's he's he'll back you to the death. Uh, 
don't get me wrong, he's he's awkward to talk to sometimes. You know, he, <laughs> he, he, he I get he, that impression. Yeah, <laughs> he's 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 got a real weird sense of humour, and it, it's it's all that. But deep down, he he's a good fella, and you know, I've got a lot of respect for um, Desi, and you know, I even caught up with him and played golf with him. Um, I think was the first the first buy. I ended up staying yeah, back yeah. in Sydney, and then end up catch end up playing golf with him and. Uh, one of the old other guys I was uh, I got close with in Manly and uh, one of the Manly boys. So uh, me, me and Desi got a real good relationship. Um, he's a good dude. He, he he's helped me through a lot, and mate, he's a he's, he's a champion bloke. Did did you ever see him? Like, have you ever seen vision of him play? Because Desi was actually quite a good footy player back in his day, and um, he was uh, he was pro- one of the fittest guys that ever played. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, so yeah. super fit. Yeah, there used to be some funny stories. A few boys used to like Beaver Menzies. They they reckon, and even some of the ones that he played with, like uh, they they reckon he used to wear a weight vest uh, on him before training, put a weight vest on, and hop single legedly around the field um, to get the lactic acids through his legs. Like he used to do one around the field with one leg, and then once he's got around the field, he, he used the other leg. And I'm like, mate, what a like. Okay, surely, I, 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 was, I remember. I remember asking myself, like, "Does he surely a few boys in your team would have been like, you're a fucking weirdo?" <laughs> and he just go, goes, "No, nah, no, yeah, I was just a tough bloke." And I was like, oh, "Okay, whatever, mate." Um, yeah, but I, I did hear things that he was one of the fittest guys, and um, yeah. yeah, and he, he he was obviously a good player, played a lot of footy. So, yeah, um, yeah, Des, me and him got a good relationship. We're we're pretty cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, just finally on that that 2021 season, you played with Tommy Turbo. Um, he was in absolutely scintillating form, nearly took yeah, yeah. all the way to the GF. What What is it like playing in a team where you have a player that is having that such a dominant season? Yeah, it's um, mate, he couldn't do no wrong that year. Like every no. time he got the ball, he it's either he was setting up a try, setting something up. And, he was in like I, I've never seen football played like that to be honest. Um, like how freaking it was. I think that was that's got to go down as one of the best individual seasons uh, yeah, by far. Sure. Yeah, I ridiculous. He, um, yeah, like some of the stats. Like he had three tries or four tries, three tries. Like I think he had a stat where he scored like hat tricks whenever he scored yeah. a little hat tricks or something like that. And it was just, mate, he's. Yeah, he was he was crazy that year. I actually thought, even watching that Origin that year when he played that first or second game, when he just absolutely he went off, he went nuts. Um, he, I I thought this bloke is he's actually clocked rugby league, like he's actually clocked the game. Like, yeah, <laughs> I thought like how how, how complete how complete yeah. of a footballer he is. It, like and people people everyone knows like Tommy's a smart dude. Like he's. He's switched on. He's very methodical about um, how he goes about things. And, uh, yeah, on the back of that, he's, he's a good dude. And, um, yeah, it just comes from a real good family. Like, they're family champions, like mum, dad, his other brothers. Um, Jake, obviously the nicest bloke in rugby league. And, I was just um, going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mate, it's just, yeah, they could do no wrong, to be honest. They're, they're, they're just a great bunch of people and. You know, I've got a lot of time. Um, oh, I probably don't. They've got a lot of time for me, which is yeah. hard to believe because I'm just a rat bag from bloody botany mascot area. And 
they 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 always say come over for dinner or saying hello. So um, good people. Yeah, yeah, that was a a, bizarre, uh, a big season for him. I think he only played fifteen games that year too. Um, yeah, yeah, he, he, he had a, and was just yeah, yeah. so dominant. Yeah, uh, it was it was a crazy year for me. It was. Mate, um, midway through the 2022 season, it's announced that you have signed with the Warriors. Uh, tell us how that came about. Did they approach you? Did you approach them? And what was it that attracted you to the Warriors at that stage? Yeah, I think um, just with the Warriors, it, it was just before the season kicked off. I played in the Maldi All-Stars. Um, it was obviously my last year at Manly. Um I sat down with my manager. Um, he was just saying that, oh, yeah, there's a few clubs that are they're keen. Um, he said, Manly just want to see how you go halfway through the year. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Like, just, it was just one of those things. And, um, you know, Manly were keen. Oh, sorry. Manly were keen. They wanted to see halfway, but they were keen to, um, to sign another extension. But um, it was just like for very bare minimum. Um, it was a bit of like oh, we don't have the money type thing, and um, after that Maori All Stars game, uh, Warriors contacted my my manager at the time, and he said, "Oh, look, they they want to have a chat." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, like I'll, I'll have a chat just out of respect." But yeah, I spoke to my partner. She was like, oh, "I don't think I could live in New Zealand," and roughly so. Like all our family lives in Sydney, like our whole yep. life's in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having that chat, it was with. Cam George, the CEO, and um, Craig Hodges at the time, who was the football manager. Yeah, yeah. And then I was sit down, sat down, and spoke to them. Um, they were obviously keen. They 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 sort of made me feel important and feel wanted. And that was it was nice to um, hear again. Uh, you know, you know, because twenty twenty one back end of the season, I felt like there was some real good football um, for myself, and it sort of made me. Go like okay, I can keep going on with the game, um, and then yeah, no, just before twenty two two season sort of kicked off. Warriors come knocking, and you know we, we talked about it, and then the numbers come back. It was you know it was a real uh, real opportunity. I sort of sat down with the partner. I was like, you know what, they, they made me feel important. They made me feel like I was going to come over there and um, do good things for the club. And I was sort of sitting there just going, what do you think? And then. Um, she was like, oh, no, like <laughs> it's um, like our whole life's here. And we, when the numbers sort of come back and I looked at it and I was like, this is a real, um, it's like a real offer. This is this is not, you know, a maybe. This is something where previous three years, you know, had some dramas off the field. It wasn't, I was playing good football in 2021, but lot, lots of injuries. Um, yep. And then I sat there and I said, we can bounce, like we can stay here. Okay, I can bounce one year or two year contracts and um, have, don't have the security. And then Warriors had a three year uh, deal, and I sat there. I was like, "What do you reckon?" She was like, "And it was just a fuck it moment. It was just like, yeah, yeah let's do it, yeah." And um, Matt signed it. We got got the the deal done. It was done in within two weeks, I'd say. So yeah. when we had that chat within that two weeks, it was done, and um, yeah, and then I've just sort of. Moved on with the decision, told the Manly boys, everyone was pumped for me. Um, they were happy, they were excited. Um, and it, it, it was a good change for me. It was a good time. Like, I was at Manly for seven years. Um, you know, I've had some great memories there, some good times, uh, some good footy years. And it was just a, it was a perfect time for me to you know, move on, get out of Sydney and, you know, um, 
and I test myself again. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, perfect move. Playing through all those COVID-affected seasons, did players at a uh, club like Manly really understand the extent of the sacrifice that the Warriors players had made for those three seasons nah. being away from home for so long? Nah, like you can, I, I don't think you can actually get get it if you weren't living it. Um, it's it's easy to sit back and look at it of what they did was move over, leave their families behind and be like, oh, that's tough. But I I, I can't even fathom or comment on it because I've, I, I feel like it would be disrespectful in a way where I'd be like, fuck, that's so tough. But to actually not live it or actually be around it and see, you know, the struggles about it, you know, I, I, I don't want to sit here and tell them, it's like, oh, you man, you guys did such a good thing. Because I, I would find that disrespectful if I was in their shoes, if someone was like, oh, you guys are the heroes, or you guys were, you did so good for the game. Because it's, it's, I, I would look at it as like a, a backhanded slap. And it's just like, no, you don't actually quite get it. Like, and that's where I think a lot of the boys have, like, even just speaking of the toe, he goes, he goes, he reconciles his worst time of his career at the time. Because, you know, being away, and I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't think about it. I couldn't even fathom of what they were going through. And you know, just seeing now, being here, being my first year, uh, and seeing how happy those boys are, just being around, um, being back in NZ, being with the, you know, friends and family, how much they is just enjoying it. And you know, when I first got to the club, everyone was like, "Oh, Tohu, he's a, he just hates rugby league. He hates rugby league." And they go, this bloke and they're like yeah and when i got there i i love oh me and him just i just love i, lo- I love being around him he just makes me a happy person like he's so i wouldn't say he's negative or like he's just a real like man and i'm like he's just i'm just into him i'm like you played off i was like i know you love this game like just tell me and i'm always into him and um he just goes i remember one day we're in pre-season and he's just like everyone's there's been about 10 weeks, everyone's just heads a little bit down, and then he's coming with a big smile like this. And I go, What? And he goes, This is the first time I haven't threatened to quit rugby league. And I look at him, I go, I go what, what do you mean? And he goes, Because every year I have a thought, it's like, what, Why do I even do this? And I was just like, Oh, okay, I think everyone has that idea. Okay, so what's changed? But like, I'm sitting here with a big smile on my face trying to get the morale up in the team room, and I'm sitting there, it's like, What's changed? And then he's just gone. Well, you think it's you? I was like, I know it's me. You enjoy my time, and he's just, he's just cacking it, man. And, but I, uh, I've, I've loved every, every moment. Uh, to be honest, when I first, when I first touched down here, um, it's obviously those awkward, like, oh, hey, mate, how are you? Um, yeah. And then we sort of built it through the preseason, and mate, everyone's, everyone's cool with each other. Like, um, you know, we're, we're away a lot of the time. Uh, when we go back to Oz, we're, we're in the hotel, so there's lots of cards, um, yep. coffee shouts, um, you know, lolly runs. Yeah, everyone's sort of – we're always playing for something and everyone's everyone's got to laugh. So, um, mate, it's been enjoyable so far. Mate, before we get to your actual relocation to New Zealand, you, you touched on it before. You represented um, the New Zealand Māori in the All-Stars and you've done it the past three, three years. Um, mm. Tell us what it's been like for you personally to reconnect to your multiculture and your, and your heritage. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's real important because I I neglected that that part of me for so long. Uh, just because I, I grew up in Oz, I was living with my mum. My, my, my old man lived back here in NZ, and I never really understood when I was younger. 
until now, like, you know, shit happens uh, when you get older, you know, things don't work out with, you know, relationships. And, you know, I, I probably resented my dad um, a lot just purely because I was living with my mum and I yep. could see, you know, how much struggle was done with my mum and it was always my mom, me and my mum against the world type of mentality and, you know, I've got my mum's back and I love my mum to death. And um, so I resented that side for me from a long time, but there was always this, just a, always this this feeling that I always had, uh, you know, even when I got to grade was, man, I'd love to do the huckle one day because this is who I truly am. And I think when that Maldives All-Stars come up, it was that opportunity for me to, you know, learn 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 about the culture but really embrace that side of um who i am and you know going into the camp i was a bit um a bit sheepish shy about you know where i come from um and then when i when i when i learned my pep hour i had to get up you got to get up and say in front of the yep. boys and um mate it was um it was empowering like, i remember doing it um you know i said it with a like i said it serious and at the end and i was like Oh, this is pretty cool, man. Like everyone's gonna accept who I am, and um, the boys had a laugh, going like, "Ee, like this is <laughs> real Maori styles." And um, you know, I, I missed that all through my uh, my childhood. Right, I never understood it, never got the 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 lingo, never got the, the to experience that side of the culture where you know all my brothers and sisters have, where they lived in NZ, and I was the only one that didn't do it. So. Um, it's cool to go into those camps and you know um, embrace that side. Yeah, I, I know where you're coming from, mate. Because I, my dad's Maori, my mum's Aussie. Uh, we we grew up in Australia, and and I grew up in a time before internet and social media. So like, I, I really didn't have that connection. And I I got involved yeah. with the the uh, New South Wales Maldives through Mark Hotto um, last year. Yeah. And, um, yeah, had to do my pepper and stuff like that. So it's kind of brought me back into into uh, knowing. And learning about my culture as well, um, yeah. mate. Your move to New Zealand. How have you found that? Uh, and what were your first impressions of your new homeland and your new club? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, oh, to be honest, man, it was. It was. Um, it was quite stressful trying to move everything. Uh, oh, would have been, <laughs> mate. Pa- packing up the container, mate. My container didn't get here just before. I think after it was after Christmas. So, I remember oh, packing wow. it up. Yeah, so I packed up my house in Oz uh, in, uh, I think, four weeks out before the season finished. Yep. And so we are living like, you know, we, we didn't even have a TV. We had a bloody computer there as our TV, um, a, a spare lounge that we had and, you know, uh, a bed, uh, like a big king bed, and we all slept on that just on the ground, that bed frame, and a few, you know, pots, pans, plates and stuff. So... We packed it up four weeks out from the, and it told us that we was going to get here uh, October twenty eighth or something like that here in NZ, and we were planning on to fly over on the first of November. And then when we got here, my stuff didn't get here until after Christmas. Like I, I, wow. yeah. So when we come back to Oz for the Christmas break, and then yeah, we've got my stuff back when I come back to preseason. And, like, it, my, the the missus and the kids stayed home. Uh, or they stayed back in Oz uh, for I think four or six weeks while I was training here, finishing the last bit of preseason. Then, mate, I was here just one out unpacking the all the plates and <laughs> mate, pl- plenty of plenty of brownie points <laughs> on my side yeah, for the yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, So th- that 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 was punishing, but um, 
as the land goes, uh, being around and getting the feel of the, you know, where I live and I'm in Meadow Bank, which is a, it's a nice, it's a nice area. It's really, it's really good. And we sort of try to make it as comfortable as we can being close to the water, especially being, yep. uh, playing for Manly on the Northern beaches. You, you know, you got, you know, six beaches to pick, pick from and 10, 15 minutes of each side. And, um, we sort of just wanted to come here on the Eastern side of Auckland and, um, get to get a muscle, get familiar. And uh, oh, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was tough on the on the misses at at the start to adjust. Uh, but me, it was just because I was going on the training, coming home, hanging out yep. with the family. Um, but we we finally found a groove. I reckon just before the season kicked off, kids found school. Um, Missus got a gym now, so she's she's got her own little stuff going on, and we've actually just really enjoyed. Um, from the start of the season when she got back from us in January is when we sort of really felt at home and felt comfortable with what we're doing because, you know, boys got their school time, missus got yep. her own time instead of just looking after the kids while they're training all day. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're real happy about what we're doing now and it just makes it a lot easier that we're winning games too. It's, it, yeah, well, it's, it's important that she's happy, yeah. mate, because if she's happy... Then yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll allow you to stay in New Zealand and see yeah, yeah. contract. It was it, it was always it was always going to be the that was going to be the thing because she was adamant. I was like, oh, not New Zealand, but just um, knowing now that she's finally found her groove and we're yep. we're enjoying we're enjoying it here. Like my sister lives down in Tauranga, so um, oh, nice. we, we yeah, so we go down there every now and then, and that's a beautiful place. And yep. um, mate, we could have we had the opportunity to go anywhere we wanted to this week for the bye week, but. Um, she's like, no, I just want to stay home in Auckland. So, mate, that's a, it's a thumbs up, mate. It's a thumbs up. Something yeah. she, she likes it. She likes it. It's good. Great sign. Excellent sign. Yeah. Uh, that, that brings us to this season, 2023. And um, Andrew Webster, obviously, being appointed as coach, um, the quality of the new signings for the club, and also the fact that the team had returned home and could do, actually do a pre season at home. For the fans, it felt like the horrors of COVID had finally ended. So, um, yeah, new chapters, new beginnings. It's almost like um, I wipe the slate clean and we start afresh from here. Is that is that what it felt like for the whole squad? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, as the boys went through that little COVID year, there wasn't too much said. All of, all of was said about it was just like, it was shit, it was shit. And then Web, as soon as Webby come in, it sort of, he, he wanted to, he, he allowed everyone to get it out within that first block of pre-season, so just before Christmas. But he goes, I want a meeting at the end of Christmas, I mean, just before Christmas, gonna not so much a meeting, but just like, I want it gone by then. Do you know what I mean? Yep. So he just goes, get everything out, say what you need to say, like how good to be in home. But after the, like before the Christmas break, I want it to be done then. And then when we come back, it's like, all right, we got, like, this is, this is the season. So he's allowed the time for the boys who thought like, oh, it's so good being back and it's um, been awesome. It's it was a shit. Like he just allowed the emotions play out. And you know, I I come in with a fresh slate. A few other boys um, as well, like Mitch Barnett, Luke Metcalf, Chance coming back, Murata Niakore, yep. um, and there was a whole bunch of other young lads too. And um, I think it was just I I looked at it as way, and I, I explained it. You know briefly with uh webby because we have conversations quite a bit it was it was a good play from the club of 
they didn't keep people that didn't want to come back to NZ, so they let him go. And there were some yep. decent players, like I think you and they can. Yeah, they could have easily said like, "No, nah, no, nah, stay trying to get," but they just let it. They let everyone go that didn't want to come back to NZ. Yeah, and that's even with the, yeah, I mean their previous coach, and I felt like that was a great move by the club purely because why would you want someone to come here try and work it out when they've got second thoughts about it? Now you've got yes. a whole group of got now you've got a whole group of guys that want to be here, uh, that actually want to be in NZ and play in NZ and then do all that travel. Otherwise, you're going to have this bicker uh, with some guys saying, oh, I, like, I just want to go back to Oz. And it creates it creates a bad – it creates a cancer. Like, like it's not a bad – it's not a bad – it's not a good way to explain it. But um, in groups like this in, in, in sports and professional athletes and a system like this, you know, it, all it takes is a little bit of poison from someone and then everyone gets poisoned by it. And it could be briefly, it can be a lot, but I always thought, you know, always have a positive um, attitude and vibe and how you say things and um, it could it could be not serious, it can be serious, but how you say things to a group or like you have this little chatter can really affect people in the long run. It can just come yeah. out in different ways. And I think that's uh, what's very important where, Webby's allowed your emotions to get it out before the pre-Christmas because it just sort of created everything and it's just like, all right, now we can push this to the side, we've got it out, this is what we're doing. And I think from a club perspective, um, they just they didn't probably go out and spent a lot of cash on, you know, big name players like I reckon the Bulldogs have. Um yep. they've they've actually just got solid first graders that have been around like, you know, um been in systems where it's been a, it's been good. It hasn't been good, um, but just I, I, I probably use it in a sense of like just soldiers about first grade, like just no no shit, um, like yeah. Mitch Barnett, Mitch Mitch Barnett, Marana Niakore, yeah, myself. Uh, probably Metcalf was the one where you probably look from the outside in, going like, okay, he's someone that we can look towards um, as a club perspective, going like this this kid could be anything. Where yep. you know you look at me, uh, Mitch Barnett. Um, Charles Nickel Clocks that probably Marada's and Marada near Corey, like not out and out stars or you know I, I'd personally say that like I would never call someone a superstar or a star but like it's not people they don't get persuaded by you know guys like us because it's probably not the headlines but um, yep. I, I reckon as a club perspective it, it's a perfect mixture of just like just hard working first graders that know know what to what they bring to the club um, it's professionalism um, it's guys that still got a lot of fights. It's not like we're bloody washed up in 30, you know, 33, 34 looking for a payday. You know, we're all still pretty young, 28, 27, 26, and um, still a lot of football left. And, you know, it's not so much of we want to prove, but it's just like, okay, we're like a first graders that are solid in foundation of what, what you're going to get. And it's, um, I think it's just been a perfect blend of what they've already had here. And, and that's with, like, everyone knows Sean. Sean Johnson, like he's a special talent, special player, um, and all that. But he he's just he's just doing everything that he needs to within our systems. In in a sense, he's not doing something in particular. Um, and I honestly feel like that we've got a, a very compl- like uh, a, a well balanced football team, and it, it it doesn't really persuade where people are making all the fancy moves or doing anything. It's just like, it's just everyone's doing their role 
And yep. when you're doing that, it's just a simple game plan. And it's it's basically, it's not hard. Like, we're not doing anything special. It's just it, what we celebrate in, in the team video uh, meetings is just about hard work, um, you know, doing these little things that it's hard to explain, but, like, doing little things um, in the game that we celebrate and when we do it in the video room. And then the big plays, obviously, you know, they come off the back of, you know, all those little things. Like, Sean gets a kick a field goal. But it's like yep. the six six guys that sort of took the ball up to get him all the way down there to be put in that position. I think as a team we we all value that a lot. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, you've played under some good coaches, some experienced yeah. coaches. Webby comes from a great system uh, with Ivan at Penrith. He doesn't seem to get rattled or overly emotional. He's really level-headed and, and really calm when he talks and uh, and an extremely smart coach. How have you found him personally? Yeah, I was um, – honestly, I think with, with Webby, it's – I just mean him get it. Like, a, we get along really well. Like, I, I just get exactly what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do. And it, it sort of aligns uh, with me just on a personal level, like, he allows you to get your emotions and your frustrations out where some coaches go like, nah, that's bad. Or it could be, don't do this, don't do that. Like, Webby allows for those mistakes to happen. He allows for you to, you know, have the blow up because if you bottle it in, it's going to come out in worse areas. It's going to come yep. out somewhere else. And I'm a big believer that, like, what I've gone through personally, I've just felt like that just aligned with me straight away. Like, as soon as you said, like, we had a good conversation about it. I've gone like, you've got to let your emotions out good or bad and we've had the conversation where i sat there and i was like you know ever like when you do something great your emotions just come out and it's it's uncontrollable and everyone wants to everyone's like oh how good was that but then when something bad happens you're automatically going to go oh, okay what's the next job move on but you can't know what's the next job if you let the emotion out and yep. i think that's the most i think that's what's the very important part like that's a very important ingredient what you're trying to build within a within an organization because it just allows boys to be themselves. It allows them to be um, who they are. And, and that's where you get the good connection from because now you know that if someone's had that moment, it's like, okay, you're done, let's move on. Instead yep. of like, like, oh, shit, something's going to pop off. You know what I mean? Like you've been agitated or been, um, you know, a bit wary of it. But I just think that mixed with uh, how he looks at the game and all the details and how – he wants to play the game. It's made me just get you know another a look a look at um, a side of football uh, that's probably never been explained to me before. Yep. And it's really it's refreshing because now you can go into the game like our front no, our front rowers know exactly what um, if something like a try on the weekend when Jack One made that break, you know Adam Adam Fanel Blake would know exactly like why didn't they do that? You know what I mean? Like it, just the understanding and teaching. You know, everyone involved with like, um, you know, what the game plan is, and like, the front rowers know exactly what the wings and centers have to do. Mm. Not just yep. purely because, just because the student, like, they, you know, boys are bringing pen and paper to the, um, to the meetings and just writing stuff down, and it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so round round one, 2023, you finally get to pull on the Warriors jersey for your club debut against the Knights yep. of Wellington. Uh, tell us about those feelings and running out for the Warriors for the very first time. Yeah, it was cool, man. I think um, uh, it's just been a, you know, 
a Maori boy. You've always had, you've always seen the Warriors and um, growing up watching them. I remember I used to, I used to love Mark Tukey to be honest. I haven't told him directly, but he was probably my favorite player. Just purely, he was just, I don't know, just I loved the name and he was just a big front rower. Like I was a bloody half at the time watching it. And I was just, I, Mark Tukey was always the name that used to pop in my head. I was like, I just used to love that. Like just a knockabout, like getting playing football. And we'll have to let him it was know pretty that. cool. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I've seen, I've seen him plenty of times and I've chatted with him heaps and, I, you know, I haven't had the courage to say anything. Like, hey, That's to, right. We'll tell him. We'll like, tell him. Yeah, we'll like, him we'll to, tell yeah. Him. <laughs> um, but you know, running out, running out for that first game, it was, um, it was cool. I felt like a lot of pressure because we did all this work in the preseason, and I, to be honest, I, and I've said it, um, lots. I, was, I just didn't want to be a shit signing for the club. I just wanted, to, like, you know, in the past years, it probably hasn't worked out for a lot of players. I just didn't want to be a, another byproduct of you know something like that, and I wanted to you know pour everything I had in these um, next three years and do something special with the club and try and change things around to good fortune and um, yeah, I think everyone wants that, but you know it's just nice to know and good to good to see that things are you know are going quite well for us this year and um, I look at it now going like it's just not done yet like I. I feel no. like we, we, we potentially – I just love how the hype gets around because it gets you excited about your football. But, um, yep. you know, I just I, – I still feel like uh, within the process of what we're doing and how we're getting um, – going about our business with the football games, it's um, – and this is credit to Webby and the coaches. It's just, you know, no one's getting lost in the moment. Um, I feel like some – I've been guilty in the past where you can get lost in the moment and it can take you along where you don't need to be. And it's just good to know that, like, each and every week, okay, yeah, we could be sitting quite well on the ladder, but, you know, the process of what we're trying to do each and every week, it just narrows us straight back. And me personally, it just narrows me straight back to going, like, okay, this week is just as important. You know what I mean? Like, we've got Titans coming up and, you know, we're not taking them lightly or anything, but... Uh, we're, yeah, we're definitely not taking them lightly, but you're going there with a process-driven mindset of going, like, okay, what do we need to do to make yep. ourselves uh, better in the long run? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mate, we started the season with a win uh, against the Knights, a, rar- a rarity in Warriors history. I think it's only the seventh time in our history that we've actually ra- won <laughs> in round one. Uh, a win at home in Wellington. Uh, round two is a loss in Sydney. Round three... Uh, we go to Townsville for a win. And then round four, we go back to Mount Smart Stadium or we go to Mount Smart Stadium for the first official home game of the season. How yep. have you adapted to the amount of travel the Warriors have to do? Oh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's tough, man. I'm, I'm not going to lie. The, the travel does get to you. Um, you know, yeah, I think they've made a great plan. Like our, um, our performance staff have made a great plan of you know, how travel works, and they were very clear from day one. It was in pre-season. I'm like, if we play in an early game over in Oz, let's say like a 2 o'clock Oz game, because that's basically when the New Zealand, uh, the Warriors get the time over in Oz, is yep. that you, if you play in the early time, we fly uh, two days before, but if yep. you play later, we fly the day before the game. Yep. So we get, yeah, it just made more sense and that sometimes we could fly straight after the game, um, or the next morning, we're leaving early morning. Uh, 
Yeah, the the travel, I don't think you could ever get used to it. I, I was even speaking to Simon Mattering when I first met him. He goes, oh, hey, you find the travel? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's tough. And he goes, because my whole my whole career, I never got used to it. I was like, yeah. geez, bud. Uh, That's <laughs> mate. <laughs> 300 That's games mate. of it. I <laughs> know. Yeah. Oh, so, um, but it's good because I, I, I like to – I don't really like to feel negative things or say negative things, but it's just the opportunity for us to, you know, get to know each other a little bit more, um, have a bit of laughter, play cards, bit of banter, uh, and it's just good. Like everyone's, I think we've we've dealt with the the travel as good as it can be this year, to be honest. Yeah. Well, speaking of banter and getting to know people, um, the Cowboys game saw the return of one of our favourites, Jazz Tavanga. Um, yeah, yeah, you two yeah. seem to have really hit it off on the field, uh, complimenting each other's gameplay. Um, we've dubbed you guys the Twins of Terror. Um, we've the Twins of a, Terror. A shirt, yeah, <laughs> we've got a shirt honouring honoring both of you guys. Um, yeah, what yeah. is it like playing with a guy like Jazz who, mate, he's just warriors through and through? Oh, yeah. it's um, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing every club's got a Jazz Tavanga. Um, yeah, you've got to have that. You've got to have that guy. Like, I, if, if, if I look back on my time here, I was at Manly. Um, that was probably Jake Tomovich. He was just a hut inside yep. of the team. Um, and yeah, Jazz. He just loves the club so much. Like he, like he interacts with people, like the fans and stuff at the games. Like, like he's. He, I don't know. His interaction with people is. It's really cool. Like he's just like. It's just Jazz being himself to other people, and it's it's actually, it's pretty inspiring to see. You know, like you sit there and you're like, oh, you know, you're actually a pretty cool dude. Uh, and you know, me and him obviously. I first met him on the Maori All Stars a few years ago, and mate, we hit it off like that. We're we're both two just, I don't know, just we're we're pretty much just the same. Uh, very similar. It, yeah, very yeah, similar. Very, very, <laughs> very similar. Um, and I, you know, I can't wait till he gets back because, um, you know, with him, I feel like um, our game's just going to just get better because um, he's just tough. He's got good leg speed as well. Um, you know, he plays well above his weight. He, yeah. like I, did, I couldn't like he looks thick, but he's he's actually quite he, like as weight goes, he he's he's down the pecking order. I think I've got maybe like five or six kilos on him. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. Uh, I'm sitting here going, shit, I'm I'm throwing through middle, but I think he's just gonna add so much to our you know, to the team and you know, it's it's just gonna give teams another look of like it's not so much another look. It's more just the change of pace. Yes. And I, yeah. And like you can you can have all the big guys and you know the big and we've got we've got that we've got ads doing that you know ads he, he's our he I'll, I'll be real he's he's alpha male he's probably the, the alpha dog um, as as you know intimidation enforcer top wise and then yep you know we got got guys like you know Mitch Barnett who's just he, he he he's a dog. Like he's just a he's just a he's a hard worker. He, he's a, a grinder. He, he, yeah. yeah, he just he gets in your face, and he's just tough. It's what you need. Like you, you need people like that in your team, uh, and he's got football in him too. So it's a bonus. And I just feel like once Jazz comes back, and then you know he him him and I go on the field. It's just it's a different pace that you've got to play now, and. I don't think too many clubs have that type of luxury as a bench top as as a bench as bench goes, and yeah. as it as it just goes on, um, you know, as games go on and you get you come against the better teams, 
I just I honestly don't see too many teams have, you know, as a durable like a a durable um, bench. Like you're gonna have your starters, and when they go off, the guys that come on, it's basically teams want those benchy guys just to hold on to get back on the. So you get your starters back on, and then you start to kick forward. Yeah, uh, where I think me and Jazzy we take it personally uh, when we come on, especially when he first got back um, against the Cowboys, was just go out there and I was like, nah, they've got to deal with us now. And then yep. we just try to cause as much havoc, much mayhem as we can. And, um, you know, got big ads doing what he does, is run fucking 400 metres a game. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so, and then Barney, who who I think he's, he's playing some good football at the moment. He's scoring tries, he's making line breaks. And then you got the ever so reliable Tohu Harris, who's just, just a big, just a big, Big thing, just a big lurch, just a big. What's his name uh, from Star Wars? What's his name? Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Big, Chew- oh, yeah, big Chewbacca. It's a big Chewbacca. So. Oh, yeah. uh, I think um, as a football sense, as a, a football side, I just feel like got a real uh, reliable team who's just got got layers to our layers to our game that we can it can come from different ways. Like we got the upfront game that it can be big and aggressive, and then. You know, you've got a bit of speed around the rock. Um, and then you've got obviously Sean playing well. Um, Luke Metcalf's playing some good football. Um, and then you've got Chance, who's just he's yeah. just a professional, just a worker, yeah. man. I when he signed, I was I was real excited. I was, I was real happy because you just know as a player when you come up against him, you just know he's not going away. And he come from yep. the Canberra system where they just don't go away. And then yep. he, he it's not some it's like he probably got left out. Um, at Canberra last year, and you could just see that he's going to come with a real um, desire to to prove again. And mate, I reckon he's probably been one of our best this year. Like he'll be up there. The the one that surprised us is Jackson Ford. Like came to the club. Yeah. With, uh, you know, uh, Anthony Griffin out and out said that he wasn't a first grader and kind of came to the, came to the Warriors. And when he signed, like Rob and I both said, oh, he's just going to be a a um, uh, uh, depth signing, he'll probably play reserve grade, but mate, he hasn't missed a game. He's been mate, outstanding. He's, he? Yeah, he's been outstanding, man. And he's just a mate, he's probably one of the fittest guys in the team. He's just hard working, but he's just he hates to lose, big jacker. And you see that in preseason, like he just he just hates losing. Like, even if he's making a tackle on the weekend, like if he's half lost it or if he's lost a tackle. Sometimes he gives away six again because he hates the loss and he wants to try and win it back. But it's you know what I mean. And yeah. um, I, I reckon, yeah, he's probably he's been the most surprise to be honest. Yeah. Like a yeah, yeah like out of, sure. out of everyone. Like I like just in preseason seems like oh yeah, like he works hard, but just the way he goes about it. And now it's just he's probably going to be the starting left back row for years. You know what I yeah. mean? Like he's just it, that's what that's I look at him and go like you're just a you're an automatic starter. Like, you're automatic cemented in that spot. Like, yeah. yep. he, it, it's not like he's, he scores the tries, like, a lot. Like, he just does the little things so well. Um, he wins out, like, effort award every week. So, man, he's been, he's been he's been outstanding. He has. Mate, the round four win against the Bulldogs was your first official home game at Mount Smart Stadium. Tell us what it was yeah. like to run out from the home dressing room for the first time to a packed Mount Smart. Yeah, man, it was cool. Eh? I was I was speaking to one of the old Warriors boys um, who plays at Manly now, top of five, sickly, 
Um, yeah, yep. He goes, he, yeah, he, he, me and him text all the time, and he's just like, oh, wait, wait till you run out to Mouth Smart, pack Mouth Smart. He goes, he's the best feeling ever. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, see how it goes. And then I reckon I didn't really probably get it um, against the Warriors, but when, when I, I mean, against the Bulldogs, I, I reckon I first, that first um, Bulldogs game, that was cool, but I reckon the first one was, was the, we played a night game here. And then I was running out, and when when they did the whole blackout for the stadium, even on the weekend, uh, Dolphins game, mate, yeah, I, yeah. I, watching I love on the it. weekend, the, that was awesome. Yeah, that, like that, when that when you when when you're running out in that dark stadium, I was like, oh, who do we play? It might have been against South again too, but I remember running out, going, what a what a day for like, this is what it's about. This is mad, and yeah. then people gone nuts. I was loving it, man. Uh, I think. I think it's the coolest place to play football, to be honest. Like packed out, uh, going nuts, going crazy. It's it's um it's sick. and that's the house game too. I think it was it was pissing down rain, torrential yeah. torrential weather, and then like I think twenty two thousand people showed up. I was like, this is yeah. yeah, this is this is day one, man. This is mad. Yeah, the strong um the strong starts of the season though with five wins in our first seven games and no one yeah. no one expected that obviously where we came from last year um that come from behind victory against the sharks um tell yeah. us about that game um it was a horror start because we were down 20 nil after 19 minutes but it ended up being like the yeah. greatest comeback in the club's history what was it like yeah. being involved in a game like that um yeah it's a it's hard one because i i'm coming off from the bench um, so when they went 22 nil up, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I just got, I, I went to go one just before they scored their last try, um, to go make it to 22. I went to just about to go get on and then, um, they scored the try and then I was like, fuck man, it's going to be a big clawback. Um, but then the, like, for me, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, you, you're like, it's not like the shackles are off, but I was like, okay, let's make a difference still. Like, let's go there and let's let's um let's try and get a try. Let's get one try, and that's just how. Like, I feel like that's how you got to think when you're behind. It's like let's just get one. Uh, and then when we got one, um, we're like, okay, boys, let's reset. Let's do again. And then everyone's saying what we need to say, and then we score one just before half time, and it was like twelve to twenty two or something like. And and then oh sorry, twelve to twenty. Eight, or because they scored another one in that yeah. just before that half, um, and it was just like going into the sheds. It was like, you know what? Like we're not out. That's like fourteen points or sixteen points we're behind. Like that's easy. Like that's it's, and it's just like they've got all the momentum. Like it's kind of something's going to have to give soon. Like you, let's just stick out of boys and let's do it. And then when we come in the second half, it wasn't like we were playing flash football. We were desert running hard, putting it in the corner. I think Manolo Molotalo had two drop balls from um, yep. a kick, and then we scored off one, and then um, Kossi scores in the corner again, and we're behind by four points or behind by six points, and then then the belief starts to come in. Then you go like, oh yeah, let's let's rock and roll, let's let's do something special, let's do something crazy. And then uh, we get back down there. Joshy Curran scores, draws the game up, and it's just like at that stage, it's like. No, nah, like we're coming to get you now. Like all the momentum's on us. Um, and then in the dying minutes, uh, when I think it was someone, someone with the last play tackle got charged down, and then Joshy got held back or pushed over by one of their players, and then Sean. That's right. 
yeah, that was just in there like, oh, what a game, man. Like this, I think as a rugby league player, you want that in your career at some stage. It's just have that where it's just like your back's against the wall, but then you just start grinding your way back. And when you feel like you've got a team, I think there's no better feeling when you know that you've got a team on the ropes and you're just going to come for the kill. And it's yeah. it was really it was really cool because it wasn't like we were playing flash football. We, yeah, they weren't tinny ass tries. They were just hard hard effort. And I think that's what we just build our um, our season on and what we want to be as a as a football team. Yeah, because um, one thing synonymous with Warriors teams through our history, except for maybe the 0203 team, has been our tendency to drop our heads when mistakes happen and lose focus, and and then we can see more points. But that's not something that happens with this Warriors team uh, now. Can you tell us what is said when we concede early points or make an error that results in early turnover of possession? Because it seems like it's just, a, okay, that's done, you know, let's be better, let's, let's let's get on with it kind of mentality. Yeah, I think it's just, yeah, I'm, honestly, I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, it, it definitely comes down to Webby. Webby comes in, he talks about it. He's just like, always finish the game strong, finish the game, um, get through your sets. It's, it's quite boring chat, to be honest, but um, as a player, when you can feel like we don't have to do anything special, like I think we actually see the results of just hard work, um, sticking to what we know, because we know it works. We yep. know it's, it's, it works, and it's so rewarding as a player when you see it. And it's happened so many times where we haven't, you know, it hasn't let us down in ways where if we stick to what we know, we know we win games and it hasn't let us down. And when we have lost games this year, it's probably been on the back of just being outplayed in ways like that South Sydney game. They just kicked us to death and they scored off tries for just being, you know, time down there and our own end. And I think that's um, where it just comes from. We, we, we've got this big belief of um, what the coaches bring out and tell us, oh, you know, bring a game plan and, you know, we have lots of meetings throughout the week. Everyone knows exactly what we need to do. And we know if we stick to it and we do have what we have to, we'll win football games. So, boys, I'll just grab a charger. Sorry. I'll my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, against the Cowboys, um, you scored your first try for the Warriors. And it was a really good try as well. Um, yeah, yeah. To get off the nudie run. It was your first try in a couple oh, of years as well, wasn't oh, it? Yeah, mate, I didn't score last year and I was filthy. <laughs> uh, and it, so when I score that try, you can just see how happy I am. Like, I didn't know what to do. I was yeah. bloody, I was smiling, hugging. I was, and it was an important try too. So it just, <laughs> it makes it, uh, makes it a little bit sweeter. But I, I've always, I, I remember I was going into like, the home games. Um, I was like, I just want to score a try at like Mount Smart Stadium yeah. first. Um, I don't want to do it somewhere else, and then it becomes like, oh, okay, like yeah, I wanted to do it at home, and um, I'm just having enough. Got to do it against the Cowboys, and it was basically uh, the one to sort of put us in front of the game where we couldn't like it was an important try, so it makes it even better. Yeah, mate. Following the Cowboys, when we had three consecutive losses to Melbourne. <clears throat> yeah in Auckland and then Penrith at Magic Round. Uh, all three games with their own controversies and decisions, which we won't talk about. We don't want to get you in the shit. Um, firstly, what was it your what was it like playing your first Anzac Day game or, or playing on Anzac Day itself? Did you enjoy that yeah. experience? Mate, that was awesome, man. Like, the chills, um, 
out on the field, the dim lights, um, Anzac Day, thinking about it. I, man, it was a cool day to play. And I remember, <clears throat> oh, like, that game was, that game was a, that was a hard game, actually. That was a, yeah. that was a difficult game to wrap your head around because we, we were just all over them in that, in that first half. And then we lost Tohu, um, Jazz did his calf. Yep. Um, some someone else got knocked out. Like we we're, were down in the and in that second half, it was we just it was basically fatigue, and we just we didn't have enough troops to sort of if we if like we if we had Jazz or Tohu, um, good for that game, I I probably believe that we win that game. Yeah. But we just ran we ran out of juice through the middle. As you know, boys are playing big minutes in the middle, and it was just it just it just got hard and. I think when we lost those three games in a row, uh, we took confidence confidence out of that three week period because as you said, you're going up against you know like Roosters probably not going great now, but they're a top side. Like if yep. Roosters if Roosters make the eight, you know they're dangerous, man. Like they, you know, they got the place to do it. And yep. I think um, you know just having that uh, period against those top teams, I've, I felt like we just got. Um, we got better as a team um, learning through those little experience because we played against Penrith Magic Round, they had a full side and um, I just think we we had the momentum and we were doing really well against them um, and then we just we got beat by pure probably just class and just a bit smart about, about yep. the game and we walked away from that game like it was 18-6, they scored like one just before full time, yeah, it was a bit of a, yeah. a consolation one. But like we were in that game the whole game, and even just speaking to a few of those boys after the game, they're going, like, "Man, that's probably been our hardest game all year." I think we took a lot of confidence out of that game, knowing that like we can mix it with those teams, and we yep. can mix it with the uh, the big dogs, and that's Penrith too. Like to hold them to eighteen points uh, throughout the game, where it was twelve points, where we kept turning them away. And um, in those moments, we, we knew we had something special. And then, uh, you know, as soon as we had that three-week block with uh, Bruce's Melbourne, Penrith, we knew that it, it just helped our game a lot more because we could um, take what we needed to out of those games and use that into what we needed to do as a football side. And I think that's where the best um, attribute for us this year is just uh, – yeah, learning from those games and trying to implement some of the things of what we've um, got taught about that game and, yep. uh, you know, adding it to our game. And that's where I'll, I'll get excited because uh, it's almost – we're almost putting together um, uh, a game plan of what we've learned over this season of how we can get better. And once we put it together and we've got these next six weeks to, you know, iron out a lot of things – we're going to be so much better for it coming around the September time. So um, it's exciting, I'm, and I'm real pumped about it. Let's not forget, though, like you, you talk about that Penrith game and you, you talk about a three-week block. Let's not forget, we played those three games in 11 days. Uh, there was four yeah. international flights that you guys had to go through. Um, yeah. How did you handle that personally? Because is there things that you do to, to rest your body to get it right? Because... Like the the NRL did us no favors playing no, three of the big no. heavyweights in in eleven days. It, it, you know, it was, a, it was a horrid period for us. Yeah, I think um, it's I think that that comes down to uh, 
just how professional you got to be as an athlete. Like, you can't really, um, you know, whinge and moan about um, how unfair the world's going to be towards you because, uh, you know, you just got to – I think that's where it just comes from with our, our defence and what everyone sort of sees as this Warriors being a resilient side is where we don't allow those things to sort of get us internally where yep. – you know, it may be hard sometimes. It may be like, oh, well, this is, we've got fights and this and that and this. And, but it's Webby's made sure of it. It's like no one's going to do do us any favours. Like, it's all on us. And he just harps on about that. And then us players, we sit there like, boys, it's it's tough titties, man. Like, we're professional athletes. We've got to go out there. We've got to get our body right. Um, got to get our mind right and just be ready and make sure you, your best days on game day. And yep. I think what we, what we do during the week um, – we work on game plan stuff, and then when we're coming into the game day, we're just putting it all together of what we've done that weekend. You know, you can, you're not going to be perfect every day. You're not going to be great every day. Um, it's the days when you're not feeling great. If you still get things done and you have a clear focus in your mind, then it's just it's just as good as you executing the final pass or, um, you know, a perfect set. And yep. I think that's what the most important message is that we have um, as a playing group is, you know, things are not always going to be perfect, and you know the travel and stuff, and the the short turnarounds. Then it's it's never going to be fair. But if you're going to sit there and um, moan about it and whinge about it, then you're just you're looking for an excuse or a way out. And it's just the it's just the easy way for us to sit there and be like, oh, poor us, poor us. But um, it's just as a as a culture side of things, it's just for us. It's just like, nah, we're moving on, get on the next job. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna rock up with our best day on game day. I love that. Um, Magic round itself, mate. It's an amazing uh, weekend. As players, do you get to experience much of the carnival atmosphere uh, going on around Brizzy at the time? Um, a, a little bit. Like if you go out of the hotel and walk walk around, um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. You, you you feel the atmosphere, and it like being here in NZ, it's completely different. Like um, sometimes when we go back to Oz. Um, you know, you get bought like kids going, oh, oh, can we get a photo to you know Shawnee or you know any of the boys? I I sort of forget how how hectic it can get in Sydney or Queensland, just purely because um, I've grew up there and been around it my whole life. But then when come back to NZ, it's you you like you know you get people saying hello, but it's not like constant compared yeah. to Sydney and Queensland, where. You know, sometimes you're in Sydney or up there, you you feel everyone like coming towards you, and you can go into your shovel. But it's, I think it's it's refreshing because when you're coming from NZ back to Oz, it's like, oh, like yeah, like you actually mean, um, you mean quite a bit to a lot of people, like in your NZ or Australia, and um, you know, getting amongst the atmosphere there. We went to the shops and uh, boys were buying some shoes or whatnot, and uh, just seeing some people get around and. Um, everyone's going, oh, you guys are going really well. Like, it's good to see the Warriors um, play well. And, you know, it's it's good to uh, mix it mix it with the fans sometimes. Well, you get two old guys like us that bombard you. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, mate, just, just, on your, just on the current form of the team, so six wins out of the past seven games. The team is playing some really good footy. And playing a brand of footy that's really exciting to watch and resulting in some big scores. Uh, what do you put all this down to? Um, I think it's uh, I, th- I th- me personally, I, I like when we were winning at the start of the year. 
uh, it was more the thing of like shit, like we're we're not, we're winning games, but it's they're very tight. We're not our attack's just not clicking quite yet. And I thought about it, and I had a chat with Webby about. It. I was like, I just feel like we need one of those games where um, we've got to put a good scoreline on, like we're a convincing win. And it, he goes. He, he sort of shot me down straight away. He goes, he goes be patient. Like He goes, we're building resilience in our defence and our defence things through games. He goes, the attack will come, but if we get defence right, it's going to be better for us in the long run. I was like, oh, I'll get that, get that. But like, I'm sitting on the sideline or I'm in the game. I want, to, I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's not like he's not telling me not to do it, but he's just like, don't worry. Like, it, th- these games will come. And I think what we've done at the start of the year, the mid-season, and then when I got injured, the boys started playing. The attack started really started to show, and we could uh, bear the fruits that were coming with it. Like we were, I think when they played the Dolphins or the Raiders or the Dolphins, sorry, they put thirty points and then played. Yep. You know the Raiders, and then that was a big game uh, for the Croakers three hundred. Mm. Yep. I think from there it just really grew in confidence and um, just how the attack started to flow, and then um, I think one person that. <clears throat> Who probably hasn't been getting the big raps the past few weeks is um, Rocco Berry. I think he's really, oh yeah, mate. I reckon he's he's started to come into his own and sort of starting to realise that he could be a you know a top centre in the game. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, it just reminded me so much of myself when I was a young lad, where you sort of just wanted to get your defence right because uh, you don't want to be that liable like that guy liability. that's letting him tries. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be the liability on on your edge and. Like if anyone knows about centre, um, you you've sort of you've got to make some decisions. You know, you're basically holding that edge together. Like you've got to be the read the play quite well. And what yep. Rocco's doing um, defensively and effort wise, he's he's been he's probably been one of our best. And not not too many people will see it, but he like he, some of his kick chases where he's screaming down the field and you know making the tackle inside the yep. ten. It's it's massive. It's massive for a momentum shift because now the like us forwards can get up, get some line speed. Um, you know, we, our big main focus is trying to get um, teams inside their twenty as many tackles as we can because then they have no threat. Yep. And I th- I think we just learned that from the South game where you take away Cody Walker's threat because if you're keeping him inside the twenty, then it's gonna he's 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 probably thinking kick and then you don't get to see him with the ball as much. Yeah. And that's what we took out of that game because we did it quite well, but then we let other parts of our game with ill discipline or um, with like drop balls or penalties. And then you start to see if the good players come to life like Cody Walker because he, certainly they love set starts. And I think just the, the whole thing of it with Rocco Berry, he, he, he started to had some real good um, touches in attack and his game's starting to form um, quite well for us. Yeah, we, we liken that to um, Ed Causey as well. Like another young yeah, kid yeah. had yeah. a really good start to the season. He, he, um, you may may remember, you may not remember, he had a horror game against Melbourne last year uh, yeah, in yeah. that Anzac Day game, but really came back. Yeah. So it's good when these kids kind of, when it clicks for these kids and they yes. kind of get it. Yeah, um, yeah. Mate, with the bye this week and five games remaining, uh, three in New Zealand, we're sitting mm-hmm. third on the ladder. Um, although it's probably not discussed, I don't want to put you on the on the spot, but mm-hmm. a, a top four finish must be the goal now, is it? Yeah, I, I honestly, if you can't beat around the bush with things like this, um, 
like the, the opportunity for us is it's it's massive. Like it's sitting third. Um, we we got like this next period. It's not so much like top uh, top four would probably be the the top of everyone's mind, but it's not yep. so much like or oh, they're all winnable games. It's our, our mindset's is gone like each and every week. You know what I mean? Like who do we got? We got Titans. Like they they got good players. They got players that can hurt you. And yeah. you want to, so we'll just start the week fresh. Let's say Monday, we come in Monday, and we're just going to do exactly what we've been doing. Um, but the, the talk won't be top four finish or like let's get in the top four. I don't think those are the correct uh, mindset we've got to have. It's just like, yep, what's what's going to help us build our game to when it comes around for, uh, finals football time that's going to win games in those big games. I think that's what the whole mindset for us has got to be. It's not so much yep. the top four finish, yeah. it's got to be. What's gonna we gotta iron our game out to make sure that it's sustainable in in this block. And when we come to finals football time, we've got the we've got the game and the game plan to you know um, beat teams because the game against Canberra, it, you're gonna have you, that's what finals football is gonna be like. It's not gonna yep. be putting forty points or thirty points yeah. on a team. It's it's gonna be are you gonna iron at the game where you're you like our discipline is gonna be spot on. Like we've got to kick chase well. You gotta not give away a penalty um, within that set, and then you then you've just got to staff team of possession, and that's what I think we had a good chat about before we everyone broke off onto the boys. Uh, we're gonna have a real good surge about um, just discipline, discipline stuff. Um, you know, letting teams off off the hook or relieving pressure, and that's gonna yep. be a whole talking point. Um, you know, heading back, heading into these next few weeks is just ironing out a game where it's a, it's a, it's a finals, it's a finals game plan. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, mate, we've had a horror run of injuries this year. Um, you yourself have missed a few games there, but then the young yep. guys coming through, they seem to have that next man up mentality and have really yep. done a good job for us, haven't they? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's important for anyone, um, for any team. Like, yeah, at some stage, people are going to be um, called upon, uh, in any any team, like you, you got to be quite naive as you know, as a player or a coach, knowing that you're going to have your best seventeen week in week out. Because if it was like that, if if you knew, then it'd be a lot easier. But yep. you know, we've had we've had a fair share of injuries, um, and that's what I don't think gets um, spoken quite about because we we don't want to use any of those things as an excuse as players. Like the more excuses come out, the more um, it just the and then the infection just spreads. And yep. for us, it's just about like, you know, whoever comes in, they know exactly what we're trying to do because we include everyone in, in on the meetings. Like we, there's middle meetings, there's edges meetings, and then we've got the spy meetings with the seven, six, one, nine, thirteens. Uh, so it's just basically we get the cup, the cup boys and the first grade boys, they're in on the meetings. You know what I mean? Like they know what's going, what's the game plan, what's going to happen, even if they're playing or not. It's just all about learning. Um, and then when we have our other meetings, it's basically everyone's in the same room, couple first grade, we're in the room and we're learning all together. And then they obviously break up and they go try and um, implicate um, what they what they're going to do on the weekend um, to help us prepare. And then. Yeah, it goes like that. So the guy next come the, the guy that comes in to fill the spot um, knows exactly, you know, knows exactly what's uh, what's required of him to do. That's awesome. 
Um, you mentioned two guys before, uh, Adam Adam Reynolds and, and Daly Terry Evans, two of the, the uh, better halfbacks in the competition you've played alongside. You, you're yep. now getting the opportunity to play alongside a guy like Sean Johnson. Um, yep. Must be an amazing experience. He's, he's having an amazing season. Uh, must be really yep. good to see him smiling and enjoying his footy too. Yeah, it is. It's um, mate. Everyone knows Sean Johnson. He's got he's, he's a highlight package. Um, yeah, he he's like a he's one of New Zealand's greatest players. Um, you know, when when you come when, when I was playing football, when I first started playing football, he was you know golden boot winner. He's one of the yeah. guns in the NRL. Um, and then just you know um, when he was at Cronulla, I played against him quite a bit from uh, the Manly. We we played in the finals game, and then. Yeah, no, just watching him play the last few years, it's it's almost like oh, it doesn't look like he's enjoying his football. And then when I first when I first got here, um, you know, and just seeing him train and stuff, and seeing him back home, he talks about it a lot. He's like, I just love being back home. And I was just like, oh, okay, like it's good, to, it's good to see. And it's I remember having playing some golf with um a few boys and um a few people around the club, and they're like, oh, so what's gonna what's gonna help you guys, um, you know be good this year and I was like mate everything that's going to be good has to come off Shawnee yeah. like he's he's yeah. he's the main guy like he's the main guy yeah. like everyone knows that he's like oh I knew that he he'd have to if he if we're playing well he'd have to be the player you know running running the ship and mate he's done it with you know, he's coming with space like aces pocket pairs like he's he's been killing it man he's been so so good and how smart he is about the game um and it, it, like his logic about the game and how he wants to play it it's 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 refreshing as well it's good to hear and just see him enjoy his football and um i'm glad that i just you know i've got to play with it it'd be awesome mate um awesome. The, the signing of RTS back to the club next season as well. Um, yeah. That must be exciting for everyone too. Yeah, yeah. I think um, mate, he's, he's a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Roger, man. He's, um, he's a freak. He's, um, it's exciting. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's good for the whole, uh, for the club especially. Um, you know, just getting something like that. It attracts more players. It attracts uh, people to the games. It attracts more membership status. It, it's not so much... As players, it's good to see someone like that wants to come and um, be a part of what we're building here because it's a bit of a pat on back for yourself and for the, the yeah. whole club. But I think for him, coming back is massive for New Zealand Warriors um, as a club as a whole. Yeah, you, you, you touched on it before, but we're, <laughs> we're sorry to bring it up again, but you and RTS did have that uh, intimate moment back in our mates at Warriors Anonymous, they dubbed it the glutes of doom and they said the glutes we, of uh, doom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> said we had to ask you about that. So it must be nice to have a, a, a true gentleman like that who saved your blushes on live TV and oh, up after, after that. Incident. Mate, forever grateful because I don't have the prettiest of asses, mate. <laughs> I don't have the prettiest of asses, and he's 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 helped me out. He's helped me out. So uh, I remember when it actually happened. We was, um, and I was like, 
I felt my hammy going, oh, and he goes, oh, sorry, G. And then he just, like, he just, he's put him back up. And and then I remember being on the ground, I was like, ah, oh, I was like, shot, bro. <laughs> like, just like, Thank you. That's what I said. That's the words I said, shot, bro. Fantastic. Oh. <laughs> um, mate, just before we let you go, um, we're going to give you some quick fire questions. And we ask these of all of our guests that we have on. Um, your answers don't necessarily have to be Warriors related, they, but they could be any uh, anyone throughout your playing experiences. So yeah, um, okay. as as a player, who is your toughest teammate? Uh, Sam Burgess. <laughs> Burgess. Um, as a player, who was your toughest opponent? Oh, Michael Jennings. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we've had some, we've had, we've had some good battles, uh, uh, especially early in my career. I was a young bug. Yeah. He was still he was still the man, Janko, and we had, and Rich's house was the um, was the headline game. So there were some big games and. Uh, we come up. Like, I, I was always up against him, and it was always like shit. Like I had to be on, and I couldn't let up. So, um, yeah, he was probably the toughest opponent to play against. Okay, who was the best trainer that you've played played with um, uh, in terms of attitude and performance? Ooh, probably Turbo. Turbo. Yeah, he was. Oh, okay. He was, yeah, he was the man at training. He. He. Mate, he'd be the he'd be one of the how the human Cherry Evans is the fittest. Turbo, you know, he's obviously got speed, and then just how he prepares his body, especially after those injuries with the hammies. Like, um, real professional about how he went about his business, and mate, yeah, he's probably one of the best trainers. Okay, who was the worst or laziest trainer <laughs> in terms of attitude and performance? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't throw anyone on the bus, can I? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a few that make me laugh. There's a few that make me laugh. Um, you don't have oh, to throw anyone under the bus. You don't, you don't have don't to say anyone away. if you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, I can't. There's been a few. There's been a few. Been a few. Okay, no I could, I, I could even be up there, to be honest. I could even be up there. <laughs> All right, we'll put you. We'll put you down as that answer. All right. Um, oh. who, who was the biggest sponge? So the guy that absorbs all the information and wants more that you've played with. Oh, ah, oh, the biggest sponge. Oh, I think. Oh, that's a hard one. Probably. Lachlan, Lachlan Croker, I, w- I wouldn't say he wanted more, but he he was a real sponge. He was he was yep. real like, yeah, he want he he loved information and he he could uh, he could download it pretty quickly, which was good. Yeah, very handy. Uh, who's the who's the best team comedian you've played with? Best team comedian, um, yeah. yeah, Adam Reynolds. Is, Adam Reynolds is pretty funny. He's um, is he? he, yeah. yeah, he's a bit of oh, I wouldn't say funny, but more of a pest, but. Yeah, but he, yeah, he's, he's he's always got the he's always got the locker room um, in stitches or um, about that. Funny you oh, should actually, say that word. No, oh, you know who's pretty funny? Um, big ads, big Adam. He, yeah, he's a cracker. We, we have heard that. We've yeah. had heard that before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's uh, um, he's quite funny. 
you mentioned you mentioned the word before, but who's the biggest pest? <laughs> so is that, is Ooh, that, um, is that Reynolds? <laughs> um, nah, Isaac Luke was he was the biggest pest. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Isaac Luke, like he'd just do annoying <laughs> shit. Like, like Reynolds was like funny annoying. Where Isaac he'd it fucking it almost make you want to like hit him. Like, <laughs> like, you that's it. You'd have a, you'd have a shower. You just put your clothes on. You're about to walk out. He'd be walking out of the shower and he'd come up and hug you. Like get you all wet. Like shit like that. Like oh. real annoying stuff. Um, all right. Who's the best sledger that you've played with or against? Uh, I don't know. I've been known to sledge a few of my time. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I've, I've, I've been known to sledge a few. Nice. But yeah, he's passing me. I've, I've got no energy. I've got no, I've got, I've got no energy for that anymore. I'm in the middle. I'm stuck in the mud. I'm, <laughs> I'm out there trying to make my tackles. <laughs> um, who's, who's the most professional when it comes to game preparation? Oh, um... Probably Turbo, which I've seen. Yeah. 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 Or Cooper Cronk. Cooper Cronk, actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll take, yeah. I'll read an egg on um, Turbo. And yeah, Cooper Cronk, he was, um, yeah, he was very professional. Just just a couple more quick ones for you, mate. Are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any pregame rituals or a game day routine that you follow? No, nah, not really. I've never been a superstitious type guy. Like a. It's, I've always been the guy where if it happens, it happens, you know what I mean? Like, I don't plan for anything. It's not, it's just like, I don't know, I'll put my hand in the drawer if I find the budgie, like if if I'm looking at the budgies, I'll just go like, I feel like I'm going to wear pink today or I'm going to go with blue. It's just what I'm, yep. what, what I'm feeling. Like, it's, if I'm feeling like, I'll look at, I, I, We won't go blue. If I look at pink, I'm going to go, yeah, pink makes me feel fast. I'm going to wear pink. So it's all about how I'm feeling. Um, who were your rugby, apart from Mark Tukey, who were your rugby league heroes growing up, mate? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Carmichael Hunt is oh, yeah. probably the, yeah, he was, I remember when I first actually started trying to get into football, I was like, oh, Carmichael Hunt, he's the man. Like, he, I wanted to be like him. Um, I used to love, yeah, I Mark Tukey because I just loved his name. Yeah. He loved his name. Um, <laughs> sick name. It's a sick name. Um, and then probably, yeah, Jonathan Thurston. He was it. He was uh, yeah. yeah. A couple here in the live chat. Um, what is the favourite jersey that you've played in during your whole career so far? It can be from any of the clubs you've played at. Oh, Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think... I think yeah, maybe the the South jersey just because I was a local junior. Yep. And that's how that's how I fell in love with the game. You know, putting on the South jersey was, um, you know, each and every week I I felt like I was it was a privilege just because the history of the club and um, yeah, that 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 was pretty cool actually. Yep. Uh, here's one from Taylor Brooks, and I'm I'm assuming Taylor might be young. 
because it says, Dylan, out of curiosity, how long after you start playing regularly in the NRL do you no longer fear getting injured each week? I play junior footy and I can't seem to shake that fear yet. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. I've never had the fear. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Never probably been one to sort of go out there and fear about injury, to be honest. I, I go out there to play hard and... Um, you know, try and win football games. Um, is there a Warriors leadership group? And if so, who is in it? Nah, no leadership group. It's, um, yeah, Webby was pretty adamant he didn't want that because it's a bit of hierarchy and it, it doesn't sit well. Um, yep. Where you can have, like, everyone's a leader. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has something. To, if you've got something to say, then you say it and everyone listen with, with um, respect. Um, we've obviously got Tohu's the captain, so um, yeah, it's just basically everyone, everyone's everyone's a leader, you know. Right? If you've got the football and you're playing the football, you know you're leading us because you're the one that's got the um, the ball in your hand. So yep, um, yeah, that's the mentality for us. Okay, and the the last question I'm going to ask you before we let you go because you've been with us for nearly two hours, mate. And we do appreciate yeah, yeah. that. That's um, and it's a bone of contention with a lot of uh, supporters. Yeah, warriors yeah. or Warriors or Waz? Um, I'm going to hop on the B-Wagon. I, I do like Up the Waz. Up the Waz. Yeah, up the Waz. <laughs> it's just – I, I, I honestly think it just – it catches it catches on quicker and it's just a bit, a bit better of a catchphrase. Too many syllables in the Warriors. Yeah. Up the Warriors, too many syllables. Up the Warriors, up the Warriors. <laughs> oh, mate, Dill, we we really want to thank you, mate, for coming on, chatting with us so candidly, uh, so honestly as well. Um, we love being able to connect with all our former players, current players, club staff, and and give you guys a platform to share your stories. And we thank you for joining us tonight, mate. Uh, and we wish you well for the remainder of the season. We have a saying here on Ruin Hammer that those who have played for our club are forever and always. And you, mate, are forever and always Warrior 278. Well, thanks, boys. I appreciate that, man. Up the wires. Go well, up mate. Keep wires. it up, mate. Up the wires. <laughs> oh, boys. Take it easy. Thank you, you very much, man. Legends. Oh, mate, I love chatting to these people. <sighs> yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just to hear, you know, what's going on behind the scenes at the moment. Just that, that that fantastic insight, especially with everything that's going on at the moment. We're not hearing a lot from the players, so yeah, we really do appreciate his time for coming on and and chatting to us. And yeah, what a great insight into what has been, you know, an unprecedented, you know, fantastic season for us. So yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we certainly appreciate him giving us two hours of his time. It's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, mate. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's it, we're not getting to hear from the players at the moment because of the media ban, and we actually cleared this with Dylan, we made sure that, you know, it's, it, we're not mainstream media, so he was able to come on and have a bit of a chat to us. And, mate, I was just, it spoke so well. Um, oh, didn't he? Yeah. You know, and, and, and so honest with his answers. Um, and, yeah, it gave us a great insight. Um, again, it's, it's, I mean, it's one of the things we love doing is chatting to these players, but each time we do, it's, it, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, an awesome experience. Uh, absolutely loved it. He was, he was fantastic. Yeah, it sure was. Thanks to all you guys for watching as well on Facebook and YouTube. Yeah, we appreciate you guys being Absolutely. there and, and having a chat. Yeah. To, to try and minimise um, our time on 
social media this week. We're, we're going to jump straight in and and uh, continue on with the, the chat about the um, the Raiders win um, last weekend. Uh, it was a return to Go Media Stadium, Mount Smart for the Warriors, coming off that convincing win against the Sharks after a five-day turnaround. Uh, the Raiders were pretty fresh uh, from a week off with a bye. There was just a one change for the Warriors to the starting 13. Mitch Barnett moved to the front row. Bunty dropped back to the bench. Two changes on the interchange bench with both Bailey Serenan and Josh Curran being included at the expense of Tom Arley and Freddie Lussick. Uh, and we spoke about it with, with um, Dill. The scenes with the Warriors running out onto Mount Smart. The, the stadium goes dark. We've got the red, blue and green pulsating lights flickering <laughs> on and off. The team runs out to the amazing yeah. light show and then... When the stadium lights come back on, apparently the crowd's singing the team song. It's an amazing entrance, and it's one I hope stays because it, it, it's going to build like the Raiders' horn, uh, the the Viking clap entrance, isn't it? I, I was just waiting to hear the time to play the game. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that was really good. Yeah, as I said, W inspired by you know, WWE kind of stuff. But yeah, it was it was, it was good. I, I was <laughs> my first thoughts were when the lights went on. I go, geez, I oh, geez, I hope they come back on again. <laughs> I was, there, I, was there, I was at the Simon Mannering 301 game, uh, 300 game. I was lucky enough to be there, and they did the same thing there. It's, yeah, it's really it creates a fantastic atmosphere. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, so it was it was their Warriors getting the job done. Just 21 um, to, over the Raiders 20. Uh, Nia Corey, Nicole Klukster, and Dallin Watani Zelezniak with tries. Johnson four from five, and the all important field goal. Raiders young Rapana Whitehead White and tries. Croker two from four. And, um, yeah, so our first half summary, uh, the first try to Murata Niakore after an early penalty, and it was a tip-on play from Tohu to Barnett. Great footwork to get through the line, and then a quick play the ball, and Niakore, he got a clear run to the line. Then in the 15th minute, some good passing with some shape gets Montoya away down the left sideline, but a pass back on the inside to Metcalf doesn't quite find the mark, and the opportunity to add points, unfortunately, gets butchered. And then it was a uh, stone-cold drop from Niakore, and it was Hudson Young who swept on that and ran 40 metres to get to the try line. And he's a back rower, and he certainly does know how to find the try line. No sign, again, of the TB122 there at all. Yep. But it was a try against the run of play, and it was kind of looking like the only way they were going to get some points on us. Then there was that sloppy period that we've kind of had in recent times, and repeat knock-ons gave the Raiders repeat sets on the line. And then Rocco Berry, he picked up a loose ball and put us back on the attack. We earned the penalty, and I think at that point in time when it was 6 all, it was a really good time to actually take the two points and to just settle things down and go up eight points to six. Uh, Nia Kore, he failed his HI in the 30th minute. And then uh, uh, one of the worst unforced errors I think I've seen from Metcalf um, after the attacking scrum, um, just ball just popped out, released the pressure that we'd been building, put the Raiders right back onto the attacking because they counterattacked from that. And they had 20 tackles inside our 20 meter line, and the Warriors only had seven um, and up the other end of the field. And it was an exciting passage of play after the after the Raiders lost their captain challenge. Rocco Berry he went close to scoring, and AFB looked certain to score. Uh, the pass off our man. Uh, we just spoke to Dylan Walker, just floating a little bit forward. And then the yeah, the Raiders um, they looked set to score from a Jamal Fogarty kick. Said Chris. Looks, looks to ground the ball, but with DWZ's attention, um, he's saved the try. What a, what a fantastic try saver that was. Just don't ask Sticky mm. about that. Yep. And then, yeah, the Warriors go length of the field on their next set. So massive um, turnaround here. And CNK scores to um, 
scores of a double lead. So Curran and Berry both running through and inside Croker, and they scored for a 14-6 halftime lead, a massive 12-point turnaround there. Good to see one of those going our way for once. And, yeah, again, um, resilient defence for the first 40 minutes and guys just putting their bodies on line to deny the Raiders. Yeah, only a 68% completion rate for that first half, though, which was quite poor by Warriors standards mm, this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, only the three line breaks. We had 12 tackle breaks uh, to the um, Raiders' 19. Matt Timoko had seven tackle breaks himself in that first half yes. for the Raiders. Man possessed. Yep. He was, mate, yeah. Um, but for the Warriors, AFB with 114 run metres in that first half and 20 tackles. Barnett, 86 run metres, three tackle breaks and uh, 23 tackles. And Sean Johnson, uh, try assist and a line break assist and 282 kick metres um, in that first half for us as well. Absolutely. There's yeah, some great stats there. And then moving into that second half and there's some controlled sets to start it and some great defence from Rocco Berry uh, to start the half. And then an early penalty to the Warriors, old big red Corey Horsburgh starting to see the red mist, and he was very lucky to stay on the field. DWZ, again, with a try in the corner. Um, once again, set up from Johnson running deep into the line and following a face ball to Berry, and then a slick pass from him out to Dallin to score his 16th try of the season, easily his best tally in his first-grade career. Mm. And the kickoff um, out on the full from the Raiders and the Warriors starting their set inside the Raiders' half. Pompey goes very close to scoring, but is brought down short of the line by Seb Chris. And then the very next play, again, Seb Chris showed a, produced an amazing effort to get across and, and stop Metcalf from scoring under the sticks. And then there was a penalty from a dropout, not going 10 metres. And there, to be honest, it's an easy decision for Johnson to extend the lead to 20 points to six. But then the Raiders, they had a period of attacking the Warriors' line. And the Warriors seemed to withstand um, everything that was thrown at them. Um, and then Josh Curran, he got in under, um, he got into a through a mountain of defence. But then the weight of possession um, eventually resulted in a try to Jordan Rappana from a Fogarty kick uh, that cut the Warriors' lead down to ten. That was with about fifteen minutes to go. And then the Raiders continued to pepper our line. They were just hammering us. They were relentless in their attack in that second half. And eventually, with a minute left to go. Um, they put uh, Rapana again put in a kick that looked like um, Elliot Whitehead was offside uh, but the try withstood and the try stood I should say and Croker kicked excuse me kicked from the sideline making it 20 points of 16 and geez a few of us had some PTSD after that because it's it's the modern game and it's I was just thinking to myself we can't let them score here can't give them a sniff and, yeah, sure enough, our worst fears were realised. Um, two tackles after the restart, the shift out to um, out to Whiten, who put uh, Hopawati away and then found Whiten back on support, and he streaked away in a big, massive swan dive into the corner, and it was just like, oh, boy, not this again. Um, yeah, it was just you sort of sit there dumbfounded about how we could have coughed up a 10-point lead in literally a minute. But... Lucky for us, our old tormentor, Jared Croker, had not brought his kicking boots and he, and he pushed the kick across the face of goal. But I was just thinking, wouldn't that just be right? We spoil his 300th um, game party. He comes back and um, gets his revenge on us in, by slotting it from a chalk. Luckily, he didn't. And we went to golden point. And Fogarty, when the first set of golden point overcooked one, Chan's got his foot back in the goal area. We had a seven-tackle set. 
and the rest was Hister Ruby marched upfield. SJ, the Iceman, once again putting it over for a golden point victory on home on home turf. How good. Yeah, mate. Yeah, Dylan uh, Walker spoke about that that uh, last set too, didn't he? It was um, some really good yep. carries. Uh, there was himself. There was Adam uh, Tor, who had a really good carry in that set uh, that got us into the position. Uh, it was talking before the show, before we went live. He actually said that they haven't practiced any of those um, sets at training golden all year. Sets. Yeah, golden it's interesting sets all to year. hear him say that actually, because I thought that would be something they would have practiced for sure. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, difficult game to define, wasn't it? Up, up twenty ten. Really weird. Two, two minutes to go. Uh, we get a golden point win. Not one of our best performances, but to reconsolidate uh, after the the Raiders got on level pegging and get the job done. That's a sign of a top four side. That's something that's going to really help us when yeah, it definitely. does come time for finals footy. A um, couple of stats out of the game. Uh, we only had a 46% possession rate. We completed at 79% for the game, so it improved uh, second half to first half. Five yep. line breaks, 23 tackle breaks, 418 tackles, 36 missed tackles, which is quite high. A mm. um, couple of standouts. Uh, AFB leading from the front again. Uh, um, Dylan called him the alpha dog. 212 run mm. meters, 92 post contact, 34 tackles. Uh, Barnett. With 134 run meters, 61 post contact, three tackle breaks, 36 tackles. Um, our back five did a wonderful job. CNK with 186 uh, meters, five tackle breaks, a line break, a try. Um, Dallin surprisingly was the worst of the meter readers in this game. He only got 72 meters. Berry uh, goes from strength to strength, backs up his game against the Sharks with another solid performance against the Raiders. 126 run meters, uh, two tackle breaks, a try assist. Pompey, 122 metres. Montoya, 139 metres. Um, Sean Johnson, uh, line break, assist, tackle break, 19 tackles, 684 kick metres, 70 run metres. But um, defence, we had Egan, uh, 55 tackles. Jackson Ford, 51 tackles on the edge. Harris, 50 tackles. And Josh Curran, only 26 tackles, but he was everywhere in that second half defensively. Mm. Um, had a really good defensive second half. Mate, who did you give your Dean Bell medal points to this week? Yeah, three points went to AFB. Massive game from him. Two to Barnett. Um, yeah, also fantastic leading from the front. I actually gave one to Dallin. I thought, despite his lack of metres, I thought he made some crucial plays. He was there to clean up, um, score to try. So I, in my in my mind, he was deserving of one point there. What about yourself? Yep. Uh, I gave three to AFB. Uh, you know, as you said, he is the alpha dog. He, he everything came off the his go forward. I gave two to Sean Johnson. I thought Sean played really, really good in this game. Uh, really, you know, created a lot of opportunities for us. And I gave one to Mitch Barnett, um, who was very, very strong. Uh, so that gave um, for the week. Uh, we got six points for AFB, three for Barnett, two for Johnson, one for Dallin, which pushes Adam ahead in our Dean Bell medal tally. He's on forty-eight. Ahead of Sean Johnson, who's on 44. Chan's on 35. Torhu on 26. Um, down to Wade Egan on 20. Mitch Barnett, 14. And then a host of others to follow. Uh, mate, Warriors have the bye this week. So we've got no game to preview. Sit back and relax. Um, yeah. Sit back and relax. So let's just take a quick look at the Round 22 fixtures and the NRL W Round 2 fixtures and just give our uh, thoughts on who we think is going to win. Uh, Thursday yeah. night... Broncos versus Roosters at the Gabba. Uh, who are you on on this one, mate? The Gabbatois. Uh, I can't go past the Broncos. They're playing fantastic footy at the moment. The Roosters did play well last week, but 
a bit of a difference in class and opposition. So I'll stick with the Broncos. Broncos yeah, by, the... by 20. Yeah, I'm on the Broncos too, mate, uh, by plenty. Uh, Friday night, Tigers versus Rabbits at Scully Park at Tamworth. Tamworth. Yeah, interesting. Um, the Rabbits haven't been going great at the moment, but I think they'll have too much for the, the poor old Tigers. Um, I think they'll win by 18. Yeah, I think the Rabbits will win by about 24. Um, the second of the Friday night games, the main game on Channel 9, Storm versus Eels at Marvel Stadium. Oh, Storm versus Eels. Marvel Stadium, eh? the indoor ground down there at Melbourne. Uh, look, I think the Storm will bounce back from that shock loss to the Knights and they'll be way too strong for the Eels. Yeah, I agree. 22. I agree. Yeah, Bell- Bellamy all would have ripped a, ripped oh, him a yeah. new one after that uh, result last week. Speaking of the Knights, uh, Super Saturday starts off with the Raiders versus the Knights at GIO Stadium in Canberra there. Uh, who you got on this one, mate? Oh, this, is a, this is a tough one. This will be a good game to watch. Um, yeah, this I think this will be a real close one. I see the Raiders getting home by two in a close one at, at home. Yeah, I, I think the Raiders at home too, mate. If it was at Newcastle, I would have gone for the Knights, but I'll, I'll tip the Raiders. Um, then we've got the Dragons versus Sea Eagles at Wynn Stadium down there in Wollongong. Yeah, oh, Manly, if they play like they did for about 60 minutes of of the game against the Sharks, they'll have, they'll be way too good for the Dragons down there. They've got a lot to play for as well, so I expect them to win by about 12. Oh, I think Manly only have to play for 60 minutes and then they can walk off the field and they'll still get the Dragons, <laughs> mate. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, Panthers versus the Sharks at Blue Bet. Uh, Sharks bubble has burst. Panthers by about 26. Yeah, well... Sharks can't beat a top eight side, so yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely Panthers in this one. Um, the Bulldogs will play the Dolphins at Salter Oval in Bundaberg. Bundy, footy's mm. back in Bundy, eh? Bulldogs versus the Dolphins. This is an interesting one. Uh, Dolphins had the bye last week. Bulldogs have not been going well. I expect the Dolphins to have a bit too much class. I think they'll win by eight. Yeah, I think the Dolphins by about 10 for me. And the final game on Sunday is the Titans versus Cowboys at Seabus Super Stadium. Seabus Super Stadium, yeah, great venue. Uh, Cowboys are on a roll. I expect that to continue. I think they'll win by uh, 14. Yeah, Cowboys by, uh, I'm going to say Cowboys by 12. Uh, And then in the NRLW, mate, uh, round one, uh, we've got the Broncos versus Titans at the Gabba on Thursday night. Sorry, round two. Yep, I, I think the Broncos will get the job done there as well at the Gabatoire in the, the for the women. Mate, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Titans. Titans had a good win uh, up front. Uh, Broncos went down to the Roosters last week, so I'm gonna say the Titans in that one. Um, Saturday, uh, the Raiders versus Roosters, uh, curtain raiser at GIO Stadium. A historic first game for the Raiders, for the, the uh, NRLW side at home, but I think the Roosters are going to be too strong for them there. Yeah, I think so too, mate. Um, Dragons versus Eels at Wynn Stadium. Uh, curtain raiser to the main game on Saturday. I'm going to get the Dragons to get at least one win um, at that game, so I'll, I'll back them home. Yep, I'll go the Dragons as well. Uh, Knights first. Uh, we got a double header on Sunday at Belmore Sports Ground. Uh, first up is the Knights versus the Cowboys. Knights Knights will be too good there, I think. Yeah, I agree. And then the table. Uh, this is a, the uh, table oh. toppers. The Tigers versus the Sharks. Uh, going to be an interesting game. This one. 
Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with the Sharks. They looked very good last week. So I, I think they'll maybe uh, have a little bit too much firepower for the Tigers. I'm going to stick with the Tigers, mate. I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with the okay. Tigers. Tigers women to show the Tigers men how it's done. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so we're back. Uh, we, won't, we won't have a show tomorrow night um, as we've, we've done it all in, in condensed here tonight. But um, following Wednesday night, we'll be back with our live show at 7.30 p.m. We're also going to be uploading some pre-recorded content on a regular basis. So that's our brief review of the NRL round as well as the NRLW round. That's on our YouTube channel. So, guys, please make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel um, so you can catch those videos every Monday evening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we wrap it up for the night, again, I just want to acknowledge and thank our wonderful supporters, especially our Patreon supporters, for their continued support and give a special shout-out to our gold-tier Patreons, Alfa Alave, Malcolm Earnshaw, Chris Wellington, Ken Wills and Nigel Phillips. Uh, if you want to show your appreciation and support, you can head to our Patreon page to subscribe to either our bronze tier general support level or our silver or gold tiers. Uh, both of the silver and gold tiers include supporter merchandise as well as other benefits. Yeah, that's right. Another way that you can show your support is to head to our Red Bubble store. And if you're wondering where you can get one of these Up the Wars shirts that we're both rocking tonight, then that's where you can get it. The link is on the screen there. Um, you can go there. We've got all sorts of designs up there, past, present players, club legends, uh, not, uh, all sorts of novelty prints, reliving some of the memorable moments, everything that's good about being a Warriors fan. So go there and check it out and cop yourself some sweet new threads. Absolutely. Well, yeah, guys, that's it for tonight's show. Massive thanks again to Dylan Walker for giving up two hours of his time to have a chat. Like, I, I, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Thanks so much for everyone's input there. Um, across Facebook and YouTube. had a lot of people watching, so it's very much appreciated from us. So thank you to all you guys who continue to support us through Ruin Hammer just by watching or subscribing on YouTube or Patreon or Redbubble. We appreciate all of you, and thank you very much. And Absolutely. you guys will take care. Absolutely, guys. Uh, enjoy your week, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Take care.